warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 272. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace it, Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the leftovers. And we're the leftovers. I, two weeks in a row, I'm taking a swig of my drink as you say that. <laughs> two weeks in a row. I'm sorry. I'll do a, I'll do a pregnant pause. It's not your – no, that's all me. That's all me. That's all me. That's not on you. <laughs> We've only done it 250-plus times. Man. I know. It's not the drink moment. I know. Um – I know. I it, it's from. I, I just. I, I'm trying to sneak it in and see if I can <laughs> still say it. And it's like, no, it hasn't worked two weeks in a row. You think I'd learn my lesson? <laughs> no, you're a glutton for punishment. It's like a, ch- it's a yeah. challenge at this point. It's self dare. Yeah. Uh, hey, we are not alone. We are joined by second time guest on the podcast, Melissa Sloter from the Wild Pretty Things podcast. Welcome back, Melissa. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We got a big episode this week. Um, yeah, but first, I just kind of, I'm going to let everybody know that I am drinking beer this week and I'm not drinking vodka again because uh, vodka is, I don't know, Jake, I'm telling you, um, I don't know. I guess some people enjoyed last episode. I thought that it was fucking terrible. I thought last episode had its moments. It wasn't our worst episode. I thought, I, I, toss myself in that episode i thought i was terrible in that episode it's like it's just you got just brian drunken buffoonery in the last episode it was just terrible it's like you know i just you know i get terrible with like like my reviews suffer because of it i'm just like lego movie i didn't like it and i didn't like it and that was basically like my lego movie review and it was just terrible I think, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. I'm a little bit better than that. <laughs> um, well, I 
I'm just going to stick with beer because it's like, I don't know. That was ridiculous last week. It did It did devolve a little bit, definitely, from beginning to end. I won't argue that. Well, it's. It, I just at the. it gets to the point where it's just like I get so drunk that it's like I can't even <laughs> I can't even like do the news justice. So it's like I might as well just devolve into like singing 80s theme songs buffoonery for the last 40 minutes of the podcast because I can't concentrate on an actual news story. <laughs> well, the whole point of this podcast is to have fun. So was it, it fun? Is it? A, it is it good. the whole part? The yeah, I, yeah, I like that. I we need to get back to basics then. Have fun. Yeah, I like that, Jake. <laughs> That's good. That's it's it. true, right? That's definitely the mission statement. Like the the most far reaching one, right? Is at at the end of the day, we're having a good time, right? I've I've lost my way, Jake. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but I have fun listening to Drunk Brian on the podcast. So if that counts for anything, you're doing great. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's 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 laugh at this. Let's laugh at this. Let's laugh at this train wreck. Oh, oh my yeah. That God. does seem to be the consensus, though. I don't. You don't hear too many people coming out of the woodwork like trying to, you know, stop you. I, I guess it's like, oh, let's just watch this moron. I feel you know, that, that movie. I feel like I'm like the center of that movie dinner for schmucks. <laughs> I did not mean it like that. <laughs> hey, everybody. I recorded uh, episode 100 of the podcast Blurreds Are Us with our friends from across the pond, Ace and Big T. And uh, everybody should listen to uh, episode 100 of Blurreds Are Us. Uh, we were joined by Rebecca Daling. And also the man, the myth, the legend, Dan West, was on that episode with us. So please give it a listen once it gets uploaded to iTunes. Uh, I'll post their iTunes link in the podcast, in the show notes. Uh, if you don't use iTunes, then just search out Blurds R Us, B-L-E-R-D-S-R-Us, on whatever podcast platform you listen to your podcasts on so check that out we had a lot of fun and that also devolves into some crazy conversations so um yeah let's jump into our itunes reviews this week it's one star There we go. iTunes reviews this week. Uh, this one comes from Rock Chalk two thousand five. It's titled Greatness. It's five star. It goes on to say the knowledge on all things pop culture is second to none. But what makes this podcast stand out from every other is its ability to mix humor, knowledge, and tendency to go off the rails at any moment. Appreciate the time and effort, Brian, Jake, and Hee Hee. So he gives my cake, a, uh, my cake, my cat. I have a cat named Cake. Anyway, he gives my cat a shout out. So I love this review. So thank you. Yeah, that's a great review. That review completely validates what I was trying to say earlier, too, right? No, I don't. Oh, that I am trying to have fun. We're trying to have fun. I was a buffoon. I was a buffoon last week, Jake. This guy said he loves you being a buffoon, basically, in this iTunes review. He does not even say that in here, Jake. He says nothing like that. Now you're just now you're just trying to make me feel better for being a buffoon. 
<laughs> I am not. I'm not. I would take any opportunity to try to stick the sword in more if it was something like that. Oh, yeah. Tr- no, trust me. I don't need any more of that. that <laughs> trust me. Uh, this next one comes from uh, Haynes07. It's spelled just like the underwear. Um, and uh, it's titled Always a Good Time. That's a five-star. This show is something else. Let me tell you, I mean it in the best way possible. It's a very long podcast each week. This past episode was five and a half hours. And I think half of it is them rambling on. They go off track on everything, and it is hilarious. They started talking about Alfred from Batman and somehow got into talking about Growing Pains, which led them to play 80s theme theme show songs. It was amazing, but on the other hand, they will go super in-depth with what they talk about in review. The Endgame Super Bowl trailer was about a minute long, and they spent an hour breaking it down and really going into what they noticed and theories they have. Anytime they talk Marvel is my favorite thing because I learned so much. Their complete review on Infinity War is what got me hooked on this show. They dedicated an entire episode, as they do with any Marvel movie, plus some others, to reviewing it. I love this show and all their crazy banter, and I can't wait for the new episode each week. That comes from Underwear07. All right. (laughs) Go through to the loom. That's, That's how we do, as we do. Yeah. So... No, I appreciate it. And we got a little shout-out from last week's Drunken Shenanigans and singing the 80s theme. like, I had fun. I did have fun. Don't get me wrong. I had fun, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing at the end of the day. Uh, let's see here. Next one comes from uh, Dan, Joseph's brother. Do we know a Joseph, and do we know Joseph's brother Dan, Jake? Is this a thing? I mean, I, Not that I know of. I guess we do now. All right. It's titled Informative About All Things Entertainment. It says, I have found the perfect podcast for turning my brain off at night. The four to five hour runtime is perfect for a week's worth of movie and TV news in a conversation format. My favorite part is how the guys and girls tell us what kind of theater is best for each movie. A star is born in an Atmos theater. Sounds like you are at a concert. I love an honest opinion about movies you like that others don't. I like DC movies and Venom. Keep up the good work. Uh, it's kind of. I, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I really like that review. He kind of points out something that we've never really gotten validation for before. Oh, you needed you know, that. I, you needed that in your life right now, Jake. I didn't need it, but it's still nice to hear. Okay, just making sure. I think that's what made it so good is that I didn't know I needed it, but apparently I did. It, it felt good. Oh God, you're creeping me out this week, dude. <laughs> 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 I liked it. I liked it. You know, we always we always do make a big deal about what kind of theater or what theater we see the movie in. And yeah. I, I think that's the first person that's ever said anything about that. No, that does feel good, I guess. Like, yeah, most people don't give a shit what, where, where they go see a movie. They just go see it. They don't give a fuck, do they, Jake? Yeah, exactly. And it's definitely something I, I feel like since almost the fucking first episode that we've always been very, mm-hmm. like, upfront about, that we've always made a point to say. So it's cool that at least one fucking person gives a shit about that part. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to see a movie like A Star is Born that has, like, really good music and stuff like that, yeah, you want it to sound like you're, you know, like you're there live in concert. You want it to sound great. I went and, uh, I went and saw it at a Goodrich Theater in the, uh, they had the luxury seats and they had the really good audio and it sounded incredible, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I, it, it makes sense. Like, if I, I'm going to see Alita Battle Angel, I think the best way to watch it is an IMAX 3D. You know what I mean? It's a big popcorn movie and they got all the special effects. You want to see it in the best format possible. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, I like that review. I want to sit there. I don't want to watch like the new fucking. Uh, ooh, I don't want to watch Avengers Endgame for the first time like on my iPhone. 
right? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> that would be very annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't see how people do that kind of shit. I don't all. either. There's no fucking way. You went, and like, even like uh, watching a movie, like, oh, I got, uh, if, if it's a big movie, like, oh, I can get you a copy of like, um, you know, Avengers Endgame a week early, but you got to watch it on your iPad. I would not do it. No, no, me neither. I won't even watch fucking movies on DVD if I if there's some way I can watch them in, in full HD. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to watch this. Does it bother? It, does it? Oh, hold on, not bother. Uh, Melissa, do, do you care how you watch movies? Does it matter to you? Um, I like to see movies in the theater, but out once if that's not an option anymore. I mean, I watch movies on my phone all the time. <laughs> Oh, God, how do you do but that? I, but just because I'm always with my phone and I'm always, you know, I take a lot of public transit, which is even worse because then it's like there's things going on around me. But yeah. I do watch a lot of content just on my phone, which I, is why yeah. every time they make a bigger iPhone, I'm like, give it to me. Take my money. I can watch right. TV shows. On, <laughs> I can watch TV shows like on my phone. Like I watch like the first four seasons of True Blood at the gym on my phone. I mean, like, <laughs> that's just what I did. You know, it was like I'll get on the treadmill and just watch some True Blood. And so, you know, I get it. But I can't like as far as like movies, I don't know. I'm kind of like I want to get that theater experience and I want to see. It I the- have noticed sometimes that I'm like, OK, I feel like I missed things that that wouldn't have happened if I saw it in the theater. So if I I prefer to see everything in the theater, but once once that doesn't happen then it's it's less important. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for the iTunes reviews everybody. Um let's see here. I don't know. I got I don't know. I'm not feeling it this week, Jake. It's been a long Oh, come on. Come on. Let me how, how can I help? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Cancel this sh- episode? Can you do that? Is that a thing? Is that is that on the table? <laughs> uh, let me see what happens if I hit this big red X. All right. You know what? I, I tell you what. I'm just let's just jump into the content. I, I want to bring up one more thing here, real quick. Um, next week, Rebecca and I are, we're going to interview uh, the creator of YouTube, uh, the YouTube Premium Show Wayne. We reviewed it on our. Uh, one of our previous episodes we're going to interview the creator of wayne sean simmons and so we're going to talk to him next saturday so i'll probably have the episode up you know sunday or monday or something like that so look forward to that bonus interview with sean simmons and uh, hopefully we'll be able to find out all the cool new things about wayne and what he's got planned for season two if it gets greenlit so uh yeah uh that'll be a lot of fun um, I'm excited for that myself to kind of maybe hopefully hear some of the like inner workings behind how the whole YouTube series streaming stuff is going to go moving forward, you know? So, yeah, definitely give that a listen. Maybe I don't know how much of that he knows. So we'll find I, out. I yeah, really obviously. On and it's just like season two is happening. I'll be so happy. Uh, if we, yeah, if we can get that <laughs> bit of news, because like that, <laughs> we're still waiting for the announcement of season two. We don't know how YouTube's going to handle this whole thing. I know Impulse is getting a season two. Uh, they recently started filming Impulse season two. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I put a Google alert on Wayne so that whenever yeah. season two gets announced. I'll know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's jump into, let's just jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, yeah, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, first thing that I want to talk about here real quick. Uh, Melissa, I know you've watched this as well. Uh, DC Universe dropped the first episode of Doom Patrol. And Wikipedia says it's going to be 15 episodes. Is that true? Yeah, that's what it was looking like on the oh. app, too. Wow, 15 episodes. So, like, this is a, a bigger season than Titans got. And these. Titans they, was 10 episodes, right? I believe so. No, 11 episodes. It was 11 episodes. Okay, there you go. There you go. So this is four additional episodes, and these are an hour long. Uh, this is a reimagining of one of DC's most beloved group of outcast superheroes, Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastigirl, and Crazy Jane, led by modern-day mad scientist Dr. Niles Calder. The Doom Patrol's members each suffered horrible accidents that gave them superhuman abilities, but also left them scarred and disfigured. Traumatized and downtrodden, the team found purpose through the Chief, who brought them together to investigate the weirdest phenomena in existence and to protect Earth from what they find. Part support group, part superhero team, the Doom Patrol is a band of superpowered freaks who fight for a world that wants nothing to do with them. Picking up after the events of Titans, Doom Patrol will find these reluctant heroes in a place they never expected to be, called to action by none other than Cyborg, who comes to them with a mission hard to refuse, but with a warning that is hard to ignore. Their lives will never, ever be the same. They receive a mission to stop the supernatural villain known as Mr. Nobody from taking over the world. Melissa, what did you think about the first episode of Doom Patrol? Um, I had a blast with it. I don't know anything really about um, the DC characters outside of what have been like, you know, your mainstream DCU movies. Um, and I haven't watched Titans yet. I have been wanting to watch it. But, you know, now that this show's on and I enjoyed the first episode, I feel like it'll become more of a priority to make sure I watch all of this stuff that's going to be connected in this one. Um, yeah, I had a blast watching this episode. I really want to know uh, what comes next in the story. I feel like, um, you know, once I get like a stronger connection to the characters in the show, it'll definitely turn into a Tupperware because just, you know, based on what we saw in this episode, um, I love the way the narrator is. Um, I love that he kind of breaks the fourth wall and has a horrible attitude. I hope those things kind of stick around for the whole season. Um, like having the villain as the narrator of the story is like a great play on something that I feel like we're so used to hearing, which would be like the hero narrating his own story. Um, Crazy Jane, I think is perfect casting. It's fun to see Timothy Don leading a team again. Um, he plays Malcolm in Penny Dreadful and he's kind of the like, not great at team leading team leader in that show as well. Um, yeah, I loved this episode. I would give it a high taste. It. Um, I can't wait to see what comes next. And I'm happy that it's coming out week to week because if these 15 episodes dropped this weekend, I would probably just be overwhelmed by the amount of content I needed to watch and, you know, yeah. probably miss some of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so glad that they're doing that as well. Uh, I uh, I absolutely loved this episode for me it's a tupperware like i loved their episode in 
the Titans. It was episode four of Titans this season when we got introduced to this team. And this really kind of like dove into like the origin of these characters as a team. And um, everything. I love the Cliff Steele stuff. Brendan Fraser's character. Like the fact that this guy was a race car driver and now his brain is in the body of a robot. And as like we it's kind of like it's kind of like in a a little bit uh, in a little way it's kind of like robocop minus the fact that like when they turn on you know officer murphy he's just able to walk around and he's they can program him to do all this stuff you've got brendan frazier who's in the body of this robot and he's got to like relearn how to do everything like talk walk even just move his head everything he's got to relearn and i really thought the scene that really like hit me like like is the fact when he's trying to walk up the stairs and he's trying to learn how to walk again and he's thinking back to like his daughter and her first steps when she was a baby um and her walking and he was her inspiration to like walk up the stairs he like cheered her on and here he is like mentally visualizing her in his head and she's the inspiration for him to walk and i was i was just like that is so fucking cool um, this show doesn't shy away from like the R-rated nature. It's got, I mean, it had nudity. It had drop. They were dropping f bombs. It's it's super violent. Uh, and the fact that you you mentioned it that our narrator is Alan Tudyk as Mister Nobody, and it, it's very fourth wall breaking. He like knows he's in a TV show. <laughs> I mean, he at one point mentions like the critics are going to hate this show. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> and I thought that that was just brilliant. Um, I loved, uh, yeah, the girl, what was her name that had like the 64 different personalities? Cra- crazy Guerrero. G- she plays Marita on Orange is the New Black. I've never watched Orange is the New Black. but I haven't seen the most recent season, but she, I mean, yeah. she's great in that show. And she's great in this show. She's really I'm, good I in love this, show. this casting. She's I really could not good. be happier. Yeah, she was like a funny, bad influence in this. Oh, did you watch this as well, Jake? Yeah, I saw the Doom Patrol. Oh, I didn't see because you didn't watch any of Titans. I just assumed you wouldn't watch this. What did you think? I didn't know until honestly until listening to you guys talk about this. I didn't realize that there was a connection between this and Titans that these characters had already had an appearance. Okay, yeah, this was uh, the fourth episode of um, the fourth episode of Titans is where we're first introduced to the Doom Patrol, um, and. So it, it got feel, this was a good pilot. Like oh, I never yeah. watched this yeah. and felt like I was like getting shoved into something that I'd already missed a part one of. Like it, and, and in fact, I you, did. You rate this? Can I rate this? I give it a Tupperware. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely loved this too. I was kind of really taken aback by this. I'm gonna I'm gonna Tupperware it too. It was fantastic to see uh, Brandon Fraser and something and something really good like this and. I was kind of just kind of blown away by this. I, the special effects were really good, except for maybe like some of the stuff at the end with the <laughs> with the, um, with the traveling but, nutsack. Yes, that's the traveling nutsack indeed. Yeah, and it itself, like the the design of it, was fine. Just the the blending of it with the other yeah. scenes looked really really jarring. But you kind of just kind of put that aside. The meta knowing it was a TV show kind of helped with some of that stuff. Yeah, and I as well loved the. Uh, the villain POV stuff and hope that that's something that happens for all 15 episodes. That's kind of an interesting like take on another team show. Yeah. So I, yeah, I absolutely love this. I'm going to Tupperware it. I I plan on watching the whole season of this. Now I'm kind of 
intrigued about maybe just watching the Titans episode that they show up show up on. You know, you need to watch all. Doing that too. You need to watch all of Titans because <laughs> okay, no, both Damn. of you, both of you, <laughs> yeah, you both need to watch all of Titans. It's fantastic. You, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know, like. I don't know what like preconceived kind of like thought that you have like what you're going to get in Titans is not going to live up to what you see here cuz like Titans was my number one show of last oh, year. No, and a it's lot not of it- that. It's just that I wanted to wait to binge it, and now everything is on TV. <laughs> yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. I'm just saying, like, for me, like, hold on. There are there are other episodes that are basically you'll get like a you'll get like a team episode, and then you'll get a standalone episode that's kind of like a bottle episode. And that was the Titans, uh, the the Doom Patrol episode was number four, the fourth episode, and that was a kind of like a bottle episode with the Doom Patrol, but. Um, before that, there was the Hawk and Dove episode, and you were introduced to Hawk and Dove, and that was amazing. You had um, Alan Richson played um, Hawk, and then Dove was uh, Minka Kelly from Friday Night Lights and uh, and a bunch of other stuff. She did a Charlie's Angels TV show, which got canceled, but she's been in a bunch of things. And like, so you'd get a team episode and a bottle episode, a team episode and a bottle episode, and it was, I mean each episode you got something really cool and new and it was so much fun and it was it was just as good as what you saw here so i highly recommend that you watch titans not just the doom patrol episode i would watch the whole thing it's definitely worth it and then that final episode i promise you you're going to be blown away by like what happens um i fell i absolutely fell in love with all the characters like you know um uh i'm trying to think of uh uh, you know, like some of the really cool things that we had here uh, in Titans. Of course, like Beast Boy, and uh, he t- he kind of turned into the Beast Boy that I wanted to see. And um, I don't know. I-, I would give it a shot, guys. I think you'd like it. Yeah, this definitely really kind of sells me on it. Because I really, you know, this was obviously R-rated. But I don't know. It never really came across as a gratuitous R thing to me. You know, it wasn't like Deadpool level like trying to really sell that R rating, but it, it, you definitely knew it was R. I mean, there was definitely sex and nudity in the first five minutes, but. Oh yeah. And I mean, she's, you know, they're dropping F bombs. I mean, that was happening throughout the episode. So, I mean, we heard, um, what was her name? Keep first episode. And it's not like I'm a hundred percent crazy Jane. That was her name. She was dropping F bombs in this. So, you know, with all of her different 64 different personalities, you know, some of them were cursing quite a bit. I, uh, what, Alast- was it Alasta Woman? I, Is she I, the old actress? Yeah, I love that whole story about, like, you know, she she just... And what's crazy about that is, like, they show her back in the 50s doing her movies. She's, like, a big movie star back in the 50s, and she just thought her shit don't stink and nobody else mattered. And uh, to the point there was a guy that, that, that had... He was missing an arm, and it just bothered her looking at it, and so she wanted him off the set, even though everybody else loved this guy. That's how, that's how superficial and kind of like shitty she was. And I still think she's that kind of person now. I don't think she's changed. No, she definitely hasn't had the big life lesson yet, and who knows if she ever will. So because she's in, yeah, that, I, kinda, she, I loved her origin when they like handed her the mirror. Yeah, well, the, she's in that. She's in the. Um, she's in that bar or whatever. Didn't she get like a milkshake or some kind of like drink or something? And the woman's talking. The woman that's that's the 
that's behind the bar is like you look like that famous actress from like the 50s blah 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 and she starts talking about how you know her and her father would watch her uh and you know that was like a connection that they had is like watching you know these this this actress back in the 50s and she's like oh tell me more about that she's like oh my father and she's like no she wanted to hear more about herself but you know So and then when she doesn't get her way, she starts turning into a slime bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I was not expecting her to turn into that slime bomb. Like, that was disgusting and fantastic. Yeah. I was not ready. I thought the special effects of, like, her, like, turning into it at first looked really good. But, like, when she was, like, the fully formed, like... It, wild. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was like a live-action... Meat wad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force or some oh, shit. Oh god, <laughs> that's a hilarious comparison. It looked just—it looked like a traveling nutsack to me, Jay. Just like, <laughs> yeah, gross. it did look like a big scrotum. That's, now that you say that, I don't think I can unsee that. Yeah, so. yeah. just a bit more hair, and you're there. I, yeah, I love it, everybody. It's I great. I mean, it has a face. <laughs> we oh um we didn't get the we didn't get a lot of um of uh negative man in this one but what we did get makes me like really intrigued with the character so and his backstory and his power and all that so i don't know i'm i'm all in i can't wait and i'm excited that you know it's i don't know 15 episodes is a lot of episodes yeah that's a lot to sustain so hopefully every episode is did, did titans just get better and better and better and better yeah i don't there's not an episode of titans that i didn't hate i thought that they honestly i thought i felt like the first episode i thought it was really good but like i i I still wasn't sold on dick i didn't think like you know dick grayson was like my favorite and then as the series continued to go along like i think it was episode two the hawk and dove episode i was like oh my god i am all fucking in on this series this is incredible and um i think they it just kept snowballing and getting better and better and better and that final episode man it is there's some shit going on in that episode i was just like this is awesome this is awesome and so and then there's a there's a post credit scene in the final uh episode that just kind of like blew me away so i love titans i'm not like i'm not just saying it is it is really good like I'm sad that we lost like the Netflix Daredevil, like the Netflix Daredevil series, and like you know the Iron Fist and Luke Cage. But if if DC can have their own streaming service and do this with their characters, like I'm 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 all in. You know, I'll miss the Daredevil stuff, but I, I won't. I mean, this is a nice filler. I'll take it. So. Yeah, and unlike the Daredevil stuff, like you don't have to worry about DC like potentially canning their own stuff or any like behind the scenes reasons yeah exactly exactly so um i think next i want to i want to jump into let's jump into another uh series that launched and this one launched on netflix let's talk about the umbrella academy um melissa i know you watched this uh i watched as well jake did you see any of the umbrella i did not get to see any of the umbrella academy yet okay this is uh, on the same day in october 1989 43 infants are inexplicably born to random, unconnected women who showed no signs of pregnancy the day before. Seven are adopted by Sir Reginald Hargreaves, a billionaire industrialist who creates the Umbrella Academy and prepares his children to save the world. But not everything went according to plan. In their teenage years, the famed fractured and team disbanded. 
Now the six surviving 30-something members reunite upon the news of Hargrave's passing. Luther, Diego, Allison, Klaus, Vanya, and number five work together to solve a mystery surrounding their father's death. But the estranged family once again becomes begins to come apart due to their divergent personalities and abilities, not to mention the imminent threat of global apocalypse. Uh, this one's got a really good cast. We got, you know, Ellen Page in this. We got uh, Tom Hopper, Robert Sheehan. Um, Mary J. Blige is in this. Uh, I, Melissa, what did you think? How many have you gotten through it all? Or no, I got okay. through four. Okay, four. I killed this. I like. I, I wish that I could have. Yeah, I finished it. This I finished the last two episodes this morning. So I fi- I finished this one. What did you think of the first four episodes? And this is ba- I, this is based on a comic book from My Chemical Romance singer Gerard Way. So, and I know you've started the comic. Yeah, um, I actually finished the comic like on Monday, and I'm so glad that I waited until the last minute to read it because it would have been terrible to finish the comic and then have to wait to see this show. I um, I love Robert Sheehan. I see everything that he's in pretty much. Um, so I was already excited for this show to come out. And then after I read the comic, I was like, okay, I can't wait anymore. I need this to come out tomorrow. Um, so I 100% Tupperware all of this. Um, I love it. The second episode, I guess, I would actually maybe dropped to just like a high taste it because after it kicked off I wanted to like see the Umbrella Academy characters playing off of each other more than we got in episode 2 but I mean the rest of the episodes I've seen are right back up to them um, playing off each other and kind of switching around characters working together at different times and yeah just 100% everywhere I absolutely love this show yeah, this is uh, this is incredible. Like the last two shows that we're talking about here, the Umbrella Academy, and then like, you know, like uh, uh, Doom Patrol. Like if you, like the, I don't know, it, it's not X Men, but it feels very X Men. Both both of these series, and like actually X Men. I found out X Men was actually inspired by the Doom Patrol. The Doom Patrol actually came out first in the sixties, um, and then. Um, and then X Men came out later because, like, when I was as, as I was watching Doom Patrol, I was like, "This is weird." Like a band of misfits that are being led by a guy in a wheelchair. Does this sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> you know, powers that make it so they can't necessarily like morph in with humanity, right? Yeah, yeah, I see that. A few, like, I think it was like early in the year. I think it was 1963. The Doom Patrol came out first, and then like later that year in September, then the X Men came out is what I read. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know Doom Patrol came out first, which is crazy. But it, this is another like, this is another kind of like comic book here where it's 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 almost like the X Men. You've got like a school of people that have these incredible abil- abilities, but they're they were. Uh, <laughs> What's crazy about this is 43 infants were born on this day and we're only introduced to seven. And they were Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. What happened to all the other ones? Well, I think that didn't Gerard Way do like additional stories in the Umbrella Academy universe cuz like I haven't read these, so I don't know. I read the first book. Um I know that there's more. I don't know if Yeah. if the other children come into play or I'm really curious about what happened to the moms of these children cuz like the 80s wasn't necessarily a great time to just be popping out a random Jesus baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like their communities are going to be like, "Uh, what the fuck?" <laughs> 
I this this isn't this was awesome and like it takes the best stuff from like X Men and like different powers and abilities, but it also mixes it mixes it in with like um, uh, time travel and um, I think the time travel element in this is just amazing. And then it's also kind of got like this weird kind of like I don't I don't want to say Doctor Who, but I want to say like there's um, uh, kind of like time bandits kind of thing where you've um, people, there, you've yes. got a, you've got a group that's kind of like in control of time. So it, there's a lot of different moving pieces going on in this one, and then there's the whole family element too, where they're yeah, all I, like siblings, but they all some of them are closer, and some of them resent each other, and all their powers, like like you were talking about Robert Sheehan in this one, like his character arc is incredible. He, oh, he's so good. Like you don't even, um, like poor haunted baby. <laughs> yes. Like you don't even know like what his power is at first. And then you, I don't know Then his character goes down some crazy roads. Like I would love to like jump into this more and talk about it more, but I don't want to spoil it for everybody. I just, you've got to watch this. This is really, really great television. It's really good. This, this is another, other fantastic Netflix uh, series like this was announced I think like back in 2015 so like they've been mm-hmm. thinking about doing a television adaptation of this for a while and it was definitely worth it I will say that they did leave it up to a second season it does feel like you know the they definitely left it open for a second season I will say that So I believe that the characters um like you were talking about the people who are kind of policing time travel. Yeah. Those two characters, I believe, are pulled from the second the second book in the comic series. So oh, wow. it it feels like they have maybe already kind of worked out what they're doing after this first season. Um I would be surprised if they started adding in elements to that second book if they weren't pretty much sure that they were gonna be able to do a second season. I kept trying to figure out like what Diego's power was. Like Throwing sweet knives. That's it. Yeah, that, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading here that he's uh, he's enhanced uh, a rebellious troublemaker with enhanced breath holding abilities and gifted knife throwing techniques. Two things that are not related. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. Like I guess you're into peanut like butter a and very jelly. specific kink. <laughs> I get. I mean, he would win like the. He would win, like, an underwater knife-throwing contest, wouldn't he? <laughs> Great at parties. It's so... He could compete against Alita. <laughs> uh, he could be an Avatar 3. <laughs> I I love this series, though. I thought it was... I loved uh, the Cha-Cha and uh, Hazel, the, uh, the two assassins that are uh you know they've been assigned to kill certain targets throughout this throughout the series so like at one point in time they could be you know trying to kill somebody from the umbrella academy and who knows like their mission changes you know throughout the throughout the series but i i i uh this is awesome this is such a fantastic series um yeah i i can't wait for you to finish this one melissa you'll love it Oh, me either. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, Aiden Gallagher. He's the kid playing number five. He's legitimately only 15 years old, and he is such a good little actor. Like, he? No. I 
love him in the show. Yeah. I cannot wait for him to be in everything after this. He plays like he's a 58-year-old in this. I know. And it's he does, perfect. And he it's is believable. A salty, grumpy, old-ass man in a tiny kid body yeah. just trying to get a good cup of coffee. Oh, it's so great. I loved it. I love it. He, he was fantastic. Yeah, he, 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 you buy it. Like when you're watching him and, he, and his acting, you're totally buying it. I think that he's out of his mind. Like, I, I've only seen four episodes, but, um, yeah, I think he might be a little bit crazy. I think that he... Have you gotten to the point where it's kind of, like, got the castaway element to it? Um, yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when you first go to, like, the department store with him, I was like, okay, you're off your rocker. Well, the first time he mentions that he was there and he met Dolores, I'm like, okay, that's a, th- like, like he said it really quick, but I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, as, like, the episodes kept going on, I was like, who is Dolores? <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to get back to that? Oh, uh, when are you getting on the train to Westworld? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! It, uh, yeah, Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware. This whole season, it was fantastic. I love the Umbrella Academy, and I yeah, I, I have to go back and watch more immediately because, like, at the end of episode four, my heart is broken. So I need to figure out how this gets better. I'm yeah, I can't to... wait to get on top of this. I, I'm glad that you guys seem to love it. The, the Netflix Friday launches are. Wow. How many episodes of this were there, Brian, that you blazed through already? It's 10 episodes. They're anywhere from uh, 55 minutes to 45, 47 minutes. And it's developed by Steve Blackman. And you'll like this, Jake. He worked on Fargo Season 2. I mean, that's a show by Noah Hawley, and we love him. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy is – I mean, there are many, many, like, scenes in this that look like it's straight out of, like, Legion or – Oh, yeah. Sometimes, like, the donut shop reminded me of something you'd see in Legion or, like, a Wes Anderson film or something, you know. I just – I loved just the whole look of this show. Um, This guy is so talented. He won a uh, uh, Writers Guild of America Award for the second season of Fargo. He's been nominated for Emmys for his work on Fargo. And here he is getting his own series. And, like, he killed it. Like, he, he totally understands this world. He understands this comic book. And it was Awesome. I loved it. Um, uh, yeah, there's a fucking talking chimpanzee in this show. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's totally normal. It's just a thing yes, that exists. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, their mother. It looks good, too. It looks good. Like, looks really good. Yeah. Why are we getting better X-Men shows than the actual X-Men shows? Mm. I don't know. Some people love The Gifted, man. I just did. I've only watched the first episode, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't even know that show was still on the air. Oh, yeah. They're ble- I believe they're uh, deep into their second season if they haven't finished it already. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, All right. Color me wrong. <laughs> uh, Melissa, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah. So, I watched the first episode of Miracle Workers on TBS. Uh, that came out on the 12th, which I think is Mondays it'll be airing. T- Tuesdays. Um, that- it's Tuesday. Tuesdays. Yeah. Okay. I-, I, watched this- I watched this, too. Yeah, okay. I saw this as well. Oh, yay. Um, so this one's starring Steve Buscemi, Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, Geraldine Viswanathan, who I was obsessed with in Blockers. Yes. So I'm so thrilled for her to be in this. Um, this was created by Simon Rich. He is an SNL alum. He did Man Seeking Woman, and he was a writer on Inside Out. Did you watch uh, Man Seeking Woman? 
I didn't, but I, um, oh, I can't think of the main actor's name. Jay Baruchel. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've always liked him, so Man Seeking Woman has always been kind of on the outskirts of my, like, next you, short comedy to watch. You would love it. It is really, it's Jay Baruchel and it's Eric Andre, and Simon Rich is, like. I mean, I love Simon Rich yeah. just after this first episode of Miracle Workers, so. Yeah. He's, um, yeah. He's, he's brilliant, and, like. Man Seeking Woman is just just batshit crazy and hilarious. You would love it. So, yeah, talk to us so about Miracle this, Workers. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'll tell you the synopsis. Um, the synopsis of the show basically says, um, to prevent Earth's destruction, Craig, a low-level angel responsible for handling all of humanity's prayers, and fellow angel Eliza must answer a seemingly impossible prayer, help two humans, Laura and Sam, fall in love. Um, and the first episode basically just sets up exactly what the synopsis says. Uh, we meet Craig, that's Daniel Radcliffe, and he's a scraggly, you know, bearded version of Daniel Radcliffe, who uh, works in in the Department of Prayers. He only focuses on low-level prayers. He likes to find, like, lost keys, lost gloves, like, the easy shit, basically, because he's, you know, like, lost hope in his job for the most part. Um, we meet God, played by Steve Buscemi, who seems, like, extremely off his damn rocker. And then Eliza, played by Geraldine, um, she transfers into the prayer department because she wants more responsibility. So, uh, through some antics, God becomes aware of the ins- amount of impossible prayers coming from Earth, and then he decides to end the world to focus on this new project of his. And Eliza wants to save the Earth, so she makes a bet with God that she can complete an impossible prayer in two weeks. Um, so if she fails, then the Earth gets blown up, or you know whatever God's going to do. Um, and I totally Tupperware this first episode. Even it's somewhat predictable. Like I said, like the synopsis of the show is exactly the first episode, um, but it, it is really setting up what I'm super hopeful is going to be a really charming series that like even has the potential to like focus on like deeper topics the first shot of the show is them talking about like the glaciers melting and like all the problems on the earth and that type of thing so i loved it did you know did you i I don't know if you read this or not that this first season it's an anthology series yes so um i listened to dan radcliffe on happy sad confused that's an mtv podcast um so he was basically talking about how he read the book that miracle workers is based on that simon Rich actually wrote uh, the book's called What in God's Name and Daniel Radcliffe read this book and fell in love with it and he basically just hit up Simon Rich and was like hey if you ever do anything with this book that you wrote I want to be in it like if you want to do like a radio show or whatever I'm in so Simon called him when they started developing the TV series and was like hey do you want to do this if it goes to a second season it'll be an anthology and like Bradcliffe said that he's been wanting to get into American TV but he didn't want to make a large commitment that you usually need to do to like get on a TV show so he was basically like oh this is a match made in heaven so if this continues, it'll be still Dan Radcliffe working with Simon Rich on whatever new projects come for like the duration of this contract, like six or seven years or whatever. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I also loved uh, this. Episode. I'm a huge Simon Rich fan. After like I, uh, after Man Seeking Woman, I like loved that show. It's brilliant. 
And so, like, when this came on, I was thinking, okay, it's Simon Rich. And, I mean, I know that a lot of people watch The Good Place and love The Good Place, and I'm not knocking that show. I hear great things about it. I have not – I did not stick with that show, unfortunately. But as far as, like, a heaven-based series, like, this is the show that I'm going to watch because this yeah, is – Yeah, this yeah. is more accessible right off the bat, I think. And it's got – I love – you're right. Like Geraldine Viswanathan from Blockers, she was my favorite part of that movie. And, Absolutely. And she's so good. She's the internet favorite to play Ms. Marvel in the MCU, and I hope that ends up happening. But this also yep. has someone – it has Karan Sunny who played Depender in the Deadpool movies. He's in yes. this as well. Yes. <laughs> so I, I loved it. I thought it was a blast. I love seeing Daniel Radcliffe answering like the – smallest most menial prayers like the woman who's like looking for her keys as he's like clicking on a mouse and making snowflakes disappear so that she can finally find her keys (laughs) i thought it was ridiculous he says like oh he like likes to do these little prayers because he like likes to make the little humans do their like happy dance when they find their keys yeah jake what did you think man it was, it was just kind of a middle of the road taste it for me, honestly. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it was interesting. It had a lot of interesting ideas, but I, I didn't really laugh at it very much. There was nothing very overtly funny in the episode for me. Um, it definitely very, it was very pilot like. I, I would watch a second or third episode to see if now that the premise is completely spelled out, if it's a little bit more, you know, belly laugh funny for me. But yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I've seen a bit of the good place, and for me, it kind of felt like a little bit of a low rank good place, like uh, not as good. Mm, I don't. I, yeah, I just uh, humor is very subjective, and uh, I, I kind of lean more towards like the Simon Rich type of humor. I think it's a. I don't know. For me, I just think it's. I find it. I find. I find genius in this. And yeah, um, the, the most I laughed was when uh, the Radcliffe character was trying to describe what like normal people do, and he kept going back to the burgers <laughs> yeah yeah that gave me a pretty good laugh but yeah i you know i thought the acting was good and inspired but i just i don't know the dialogue and nothing was really making me slap my knees yet i don't know if it was really i don't think it was like for me it was all like laugh out loud funny um i just think that it's brilliant and like the story i love the story and uh kind of like want to see where this goes but i i got i really got a kick out of it so yeah, I love it. I can't wait to watch the next episode. Yeah, it seems like um, it seems like the show might be able to do like a double kind of will they, won't they with like multiple sets of characters. Um, and I'm a huge sucker for that. That's why like New Girl is my favorite show because I love to watch people try really hard and kind of fail to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird how um, stupid God is depicted as in this show. Like it would be a little bit more interesting if like after finding out there were all these unsolvable prayers, he was just going to end it rather than do anything about it. But instead he's got that crazy, like crackpot idea of making a restaurant that no one will even be able to exist to go to. Like God himself doesn't even kind of comprehend. I just, I love the world that they set up in this, like how like the prayers work and like the different departments. And I thought it was funny. Like, 
just listening to how this whole world works. Like she worked in the Department of Dirt for like half, for like for like years. And, and like, they like talk about how it's like a it's like a very secure job. Yeah. <laughs> like the Department of Dirt is like very very high job security. Dirt, yeah. Like obviously dirt's not going away. It's not going to go away. It doesn't change. I mean, when they do like the when they make a mistake with the prayers and it has like unintended consequences, and he's like push up seven, and she's like, oh, does that stop? typhoons and he's like no it turns off the sound <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I also i found it interesting that none of the people had ever even seen god until the staff meeting and that was kind yeah. of an interesting concept that is pretty wild i also was thinking about like um it's funny to think of like heaven as a corporation just because everybody who works in corporate like the corporate world like fucking hates it <laughs> so um where did like do the so if you're in heaven like that's your job so like what are you what are the angels doing like on their off hours because it seems like getting burgers is kind of a novelty concept <laughs> so I'm like they're just going to like houses and so where do they live like it can't be I don't know why I just got kind of stuck on that yeah I, I see what you're saying though it, it is a bit of a metaphor for God is kind of like the dumb boss of the piece. He's, he's, you know, either how, he's the Michael Scott or the Mr. Burr. Yeah, she makes that joke. She's like, she's like, this department is wildly understaffed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's all these prayers. They're just piling <laughs> he's up. He's like, I could do three or four a day with you here. <laughs> Who knows what we can do? Maybe six. Maybe yeah. six. Yeah. The top is definitely six. I found out that Owen Wilson was originally cast to play God in this series. And then he ultimately left the project. I like Steve Buscemi way more, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I haven't seen Owen Wilson in anything in, like, the longest time. Like, he just kind of, like, dropped off the planet for me. He's in movies that I just have no interest in. He's always in, like, really, like... Well, the last movie he was in was with, like, Wonder, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it that. was Wonder. Yeah, I didn't care for I didn't care to see that one. Yeah, just kind of like real sappy, or he's in movies with like cute dogs and stuff. Marley like that. and me. Yeah, I think there was another one even more recent. I, I made it wrong, <laughs> wow. but yeah, he's just in like the exact type of stuff I will never watch lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like most important thing I do want to say about Miracle Workers uh-huh. is that Harry Potter of all people should understand the dangers of misusing love magic or like love prayers. <laughs> I feel like he should have learned this lesson already. <laughs> well, right, he doesn't retain character to character. <laughs> She's making a joke. <laughs> Jake doesn't retain how I'm jokes sure. work. I, I do I think, not. Yes, yes, it is a joke, but I was <laughs> laughing about like how kind of ironic that was because yeah. like Harry Potter is not going to allow anybody to meddle in a love life ever again. Um <laughs> Melissa, did you want did you watch Weird City? I did watch Weird City. How many episodes did you watch of this six episode Weird City? I watched four. Okay, I've seen two. Um I'll start then. Weird City is set it's this is on YouTube Premium. Weird City is set in the near future in the city of Weird, which has been physically divided into two halves and segregated by economic class above the line, populated by halves, and below the line, populated 
by have-nots. Each episode follows different individuals as they navigate life in the city. It's considered a comedy science fiction anthology web television series. Uh, it's executive produced by Jordan Peele, and uh, he actually wrote the first episode with Charlie Sanders. Uh, it stars... Uh, a lot of different people. Each story, it's an anthology series, so each story has different characters. Uh, Dylan O'Brien, Ed O'Neill, LeVar Burton, Rosario Dawson, Michael Cera, Mark Hamill, Laverne Cox, Sarah Gilbert, Stephen Yun, uh, Jillian Jacobs, Aquafina, and Yvette Nicole Brown are some of the big standouts here. I saw the first two episodes. Um, I'm going to give the first episode a taste it teetering on a high taste it I, I i there's parts there's parts that i loved about it parts that i would tupperware in that episode i'll just give it a taste it though and then the second episode the michael sear episode i'm gonna 100 toss that episode it was terrible <laughs> it was so bad so like i want to know what you thought overall we'll we'll talk about some of the episodes but i want to know what you thought overall because like should i keep watching this because honestly after the second episode and it being so bad the Michael Cera, Michael Cera, Rosario Dawson episode, it was so terrible that I don't even think I want to continue with this. Yeah, so um, my feelings are pr- like pretty much the same as yours, kind of. Like, I would give episode one a Tupperware because I, I when it was over, I was like, okay, I love this show. This is amazing. This is going all kinds of great places that I'm so interested in. Yeah. And then episode two happened, and I was like, okay, no. Yeah. Like, I did. And I love Michael Sarah, And, like, he is ridiculous a lot of the time. But, like, even this Michael Sarah could. I mean, he was eating fucking worms, for Christ's sake. I know. I just, it was so weird. I didn't. I don't. I, I, I know. It's problem- called weird city so that makes sense i I mean yes it's just like the satire sometimes is like too thick mm -hmm. for me i don't know and i mean can you do satire if it isn't laid on like that i really don't know um but yeah i didn't like episode two Episode three and four get a little bit better, but none of them go back up to the level of episode one. Yeah. So, like, if you were just okay. tasting episode one, I don't know if well, there's, this is there's parts you necessarily need to get back to. There's parts of episode one that I absolutely loved. I love seeing Dylan O'Brien and Ed O'Neill work off one another. They're hilarious. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're and, great. I would watch a whole show if the whole season was them and that relationship. I'm all in. And the kiss blew me the fuck away. I cheered. I was like, yes, this is awesome. I was like, oh, my God. Because, like, in most shows, they would not go that far. And I was was actually thinking to myself, if they don't, this is bullshit. And when it happened, I was like, oh, my fucking God. They committed to this. This is fucking awesome. And I love the scene of, like, in this first episode, um, basically, you've got uh, Dylan O'Brien, who – You've got the haves and the have-nots. You've got the people that, like, it's like the 1% and then, like, everybody else is, like, poor. And so he was born below the line. And when you're born above the line, you – it's kind of like a arranged marriage, right, is what they said. You've got yeah, an, they even have arranged hookups. Arranged hookups. Every, everything's <laughs> all been arranged for you. Like, you get to sow your wild oats, but it's all arranged. And then you finally settle down with somebody. But if you were born below the line, you actually have to go out and date someone. So, like, he finds out that this is this service. What was it called? Like, the, the, the one that's the one. The one that's the one. And so he signs up for this service, and they, like ask you these questions which the questions were pretty hilarious i thought they were funny um the, like the this city 
in general is like all stuck on like weird things and one of them is whether or not you would help a turtle that's flipped over on its back does that recur that's a recurring thing yes they come to that back to that i believe in episode three huh i want to say um but they also come back to like weird city's obsession with like awards and trophies like that they talk like that comes up in the first episode and then you find out that like they're the high school are called like central award school or like whatever so there's like some stuff in the world building that recurs over all the episodes, which I like. So in this first episode, Jake, like basically like Dylan O'Brien takes his test at, uh, you know, at this. What was it? The one. What was it called? Again? <laughs> the, the one that's the one. <laughs> the one that's the, the one. one. That's the one. And they're going to find his like true one, like his true love. Like they're going to find it. It's like scientific, like they know. And so. Uh, he takes a test, goes home. There's a knock at his door at like 12:15 at night, and he opens the door, and it's Ed O'Neill, you know, fucking Al Bundy, you know, like Ed O'Neill is at the door, and like Ed O'Neill is like, I'm your one, and he's like, Can I ask you a question? He, he asked Dylan O'Brien, Dylan O'Brien, like you know, star of the Maze Runner films, you know, and he's like, and, you know, young guy, fit, look good looking, and he's like, he's like, Are you even homosexual? And he's like, No, he's like, I'm not either, <laughs> and like. But, <laughs> But they, they started to become like friends, and 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 I don't know. I thought the was know, this the first episode. This is the yes. first episode, and like honestly, hold on, I'm gonna give it a high taste. It. I really did like this. I did like it. I did, but there were parts in it that were I that I thought were kind of stupid. But like I gotta, you know, I gotta applaud it for like you know the kiss was amazing and the comedy of like. The fact that, like, you've got Dylan O'Brien, who's, like, in his late 20s here, and you've got, you know, Ed O'Neill, who's, like, in his 60s, and, you know, Ed O'Neill meeting his parents, and they're around the same age, and they love, you know, they, like, Dylan O'Brien's parents get along with Ed O'Neill, they love him, because they they can connect, because they're all around the same age, and, like, then he meets their kids, that's what I thought was stupid, was Ed O'Neill's kids, like, you know, his son, was a little yeah, too over the top. I don't even really remember the details about like that scene. So. Well, he's got mommy issues. Remember, he's on like the little horse. Oh seat. yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's what I, like, that's. I'm not trying to replace your mom. Yeah, and I, they go to like the therapy vending machine. That's kind of funny. The therapy vending machine, and I don't know. That, I thought that that was kind of like um, I get it. It's called Weird City, so it's gonna be weird. At the end of that episode, when, like, the one that's the one people come back to talk to them, and they, like, come in the room, and then somebody else, like, another person keeps, like, coming around the corner and, like, joining in the Mm -hmm. conversation in, like, a dramatic moment, and he keeps being like, were you standing there the whole whole time? That's really weird. And they do it, like, three times. That gag comes back in another episode later as well, which I thought was really funny. So, like, this Dr. Najari is, like, always creeping around the corner, and then the person is always like were you back there the whole time it's really weird <laughs> well I, I gotta finish this then but it was it's... yeah you got a week's last episode three to see that come back okay that's really funny but i'm telling you can i, I, can I ask a question is yeah. the one that's the one stuff mandatory or is it like something that you pay for like like a, you pay you know... for it it's you pay for it and, and but what happens with that you also sign an agreement too so yeah i mean but it's not mandatory that you have to take this service. You can just like he, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, it's easier. It's like, because uh, the dating pool is so small, if you have to date above the line, most people are paired up at birth because most people are born there. So it's like online dating just for this like small sect of people who need to actually date to find somebody to marry. Yeah. All right. I, I follow. That makes sense. So, I, But that's, the second episode is just so absolutely terrible. Just so... I don't even like... like it is so bad. It was just so bad. It was, um, you've got Michael Sierra and he, nobody likes hanging out with this guy. He's, he gets kicked out of a pomegranate electrolyte juice addiction support group at the beginning, which that Pej group was just weird. And then he joins a gym called shape cult and then they can't stand him. And then like that concept of him joining, in that gym that has Colts in the name, like that alone is funny. <laughs> they could have built that out in, I think, a different maybe storyline that would have been better. But like the idea of like that gym actually being a cult in Weird City is really funny <laughs> to me. I just didn't like the whole the worm. The worm shit thing. was just <laughs> too weird. Not, you know, sorry, Weird City. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It was I, I. The only thing that I got from that episode is I think that Michael Cera would be a great Melvin for like the Toxic Avenger reboot. Mm, that's interesting casting. I could see that he would be a really good Melvin. When you watch how he acts at the beginning of that episode, he would be the perfect Melvin for this Toxic Avenger reboot that they're talking about doing. But just the right type of awkward, huh? And yeah, awkward and gross. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Weird City. It's. I think it's subjective. Just like there's we, only six episodes, so yeah. I'm gonna finish it. And they're only it thirty just minutes. Like, yeah, some of them are less than that. I think one of the episodes is only like eighteen minutes. So wow. I just think that they tricked me a little bit with the first episode because it seems like the rest of the episodes are darker. Yeah. Than the first episode, which, mm. um, and also a side note about watching Weird City, the YouTube app for Fire TV is trash garbage. Like, when I was <laughs> clicking on these episodes, it kept playing me like one minute and 30 second, like clips of the episode, and then just going on to the next clip. I had to actually switch to my laptop to watch these full episodes. And I watched these clips over and over again, thinking they were the beginning of the episode and it would eventually move on. And nope, it didn't. I watched it on my PS4. And it Trash app. It worked really good. <laughs> um, Jake, what do you got this week? Uh, I wanted to talk about a game I really enjoyed this week. I've been playing the uh, Tetris 99, which was a free release for the Nintendo Switch. Um, a super fun concept. You play Tetris against 99 other people live at the same time. You just hit play on the game. As soon as 99 people go into the lobby, it starts you up and you go. And it is pretty incredible you can actually see the other 99 screens on your tv screen at the same time they're very small truncated versions that are on the both sides of the screen that you're playing on and you have a little bit of a choice on where you want to send your debris at you know every time you get a tetris you can send garbage to the other players and you can kind of hold which direction on your stick you want to you can either hit someone that's about ready to die you can either hit someone that hit you last you can make it random there's a few different choices on how you want to send your debris but mostly you're just trying to stay alive as long as possible and it's just something so simple but i've had so much fun with um ever since it's come out i've played for maybe just about 
15, 20 minutes each day. And it's just been a lot of fun. I haven't had such a great pickup and go game in a long time. I don't feel compelled to play for two hours, but man, every day since it's come out, I feel compelled to at least give it a couple tries. Uh, so far, the best I've done is seventh place out of 99 people. So nice. Pretty proud of myself. I love yeah, that's awesome. Tetris, Tetris is, is hard. <laughs> I love Tetris. Tetris is my favorite game of all time. So uh, it's fantastic. It never of course, gets old. The music is um, still the same exact music as it's always been, but just kind of updated with a little bit of an EDM feel to it. And as the game gets faster, the music itself just gets faster and a little bit more electronic. So that very much adds to the anxiety and fun. So yeah, this this is like this is a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Tetris. I uh, I, I had to I had to take like all the Tetris type games off my phone because I would sit there and play them for hours. You know what I mean? Oh man, one one of my childhood memories is when we first got Tetris for the Nintendo, Me and too. my stepdad loved it so much that he was actually late to work the very next day because of Tetris. Yeah, yeah my aunt bought Tetris for me for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and I just. I played it and played it and played it and played it. I, I love that game. And I did you ever play Disney Tetris, the arcade version? Um, was that a, for one of the four player ones? I feel like I did. It was uh, well. I think they might have had four player, but like the the stand up arcade console that I played was a two player. But it was uh, they had it at Pizza Works in uh, Peoria Heights. Was, I've definitely seen this. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember this. It was called Disney Tetris, and it was all the Disney characters, and like you'd play against like like one level. I think I. Granted, guys, it's been 20 years since I fucking played Disney Tetris, but I think you'd, you could play, like, Goofy. You know, you'd play against, like, different uh, Disney characters, you know. On one side of the screen, it was you, and the other side, it was a Disney character you were playing against. So, yeah, it was uh, pretty awesome. But... But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. If anyone has a Nintendo Switch out there, definitely check it out. I mean, the price is right. It is a free download. You just log in and, and download it, and it takes less than 10 seconds to get 99 people in it going it's very shocking how fast the people load up into it i thought maybe it was because it was the first day that it was so quick but if anything it's faster now on day four than it was on day one nice awesome yeah uh it's a good thing i don't have a switch because i would probably sit there and fucking play that until i drool coming out my goddamn mouth (laughs) i used to play so much tetris in college that like i would dream tetris I had a, I had a oh, fucking man. one of my first cell phones that I had was like a like an old Sony Ericsson phone, and I had Tetris on that fucking thing, and I would just like the game couldn't go fast enough to where like it would defeat me, so I would literally I could just keep playing it and keep playing it and keep playing it. I would never die, you know what I mean? So, oh man, that's the thing about this is I, I think the difference is with it being so competitive, it feels like fucking war. Yeah. Like <laughs> next time you're over, you have to give it a go, Brian, because after a couple times, you're just like, okay, I'm exhausted. I can't. Oh, I, I can't would, give it this much energy again. Yeah, I would love to play that. That's pretty cool. Um, this week, uh, I'm a big fan of the Rat Queens comic. It's a comic from Curtis Weeby, and um, they uh, Twitch. TV was it the Twitch channel? Uh, it, it, Twitch is like that video game thing, right? Where people play. That's video what it's games. primarily yeah. used for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hyper RPG has a channel on Twitch, and it's uh, Hyper RPG stands for uh, what is it? What the fuck? I've got it written down here. Anyway, um, they, they Hyper RPG had a Rat Queens tabletop role playing game that they were going to have like a live action. Not live action, but a live uh, RPG kind of like a Rat Queens game going on. And I was like, 
I love Rat Queens. I love the comic book because it's like kind of like set in a Dungeons and Dragons type world. And I was like, you know, it's a hysterical comic book, and I want to see how this plays out. And it's a, it, the Rat Queens. It's a it's a they're a, it's it's this party. It's an adventure. It's a medieval fantasy setting, and um, you've got these different characters within the Rat Queens. You've got uh, uh, Rockabilly Elven Mage Hannah. You've got a hipster dwarven warrior Violet, and uh, you've got uh, an atheist human cleric D, and then let's see here. You've got a hippie halfling thief Betty, and then uh, later on that was the original team, and then they later on they were joined by Braga, who's a transgender orc warrior. So it's a crazy book. It's just crazy. Like the the Rat Queens, like they do drugs. They're they. Um, you know, like like Betty's always dropping shrooms and shit and hallucinogenics, and they they curse and they have sex and it's it's hilarious. So when I saw last week that uh, Hyper RPG was doing this Rat Queens tabletop, you know, gaming session, I wanted to watch this and just see what it was about. And it was two and a half hours long, and I ended up watching the whole thing, and I loved it. It was so much fun. It was such a blast. They had the, the, the ladies. They had Emily Jacobson was the game master. She was great. Um, Jessica Lynn Verdi played Hannah. Um, Lori Jones was Violet. Eliza Pearl played D, And then Michelle Wynn played Brad. Uh, Michelle Wynn Bradley uh, played Betty. Uh, Riley Silverman was not on this first episode. She's uh, going to play Braga in a future episode. But... It was really it felt like like the comic come to life with like these, you know, women like acting out the characters and they really nailed these characters. Like I loved um, the two gamers that played Violet and Hannah just like did a great job at the roles. They their humor was hilarious. Um, uh, The girl that played Betty was really bubbly and and um, just like D is uh, just like Betty is in the comics. And then um the girl that played D took time out of her combat, which was hilarious to ask a rock troll um, what was really going on with him. Like he was attacking them and she like really wanted to find out like what's going on with him right now. Is he like get to the heart of the matter, get to the heart of the matter. And that kind of like cracked my shit up, you know? And um, I, they battled a dude called highway man. And that was just a hilarious character that they battled. And like at the end, he he yells, you'll never defeat me, Rat Queens. And then he throws these smoke bombs on the ground to kind of, like, disappear. But, like, he's pulling a Batman to, like, get out. They'll get the fuck out of there. But as, like, the smoke clears, like, he just dies there. <laughs> so it was just really funny hearing this story. And I don't know, man. I loved it. Like, they 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 ended up smoking, like, some kind of, like, uh, they wanted to talk to the dead rock troll that they killed. So they were going to. It was uh, Hannah decides to use like her necromancy powers to talk to this thing. So she wants to smoke his ashes in a bowl that she made from a pear. <laughs> and I'm just like, Brian, this is this is a really novel, fun idea. Um, yeah. is, did Curtis Weep himself? Um, was he involved with the writing of the campaign, or are these just fans? I tried to look that up. I know that he's not going to be writing the book anymore, and I tried to look it up to see if this was a story written by Curtis. I think this is all Emily, the, the the DM here. I think it was all her taking, like, all of, like, she's read all the stories 
about the Rat Queens. I think this is a story that she came up with, but I'm not 100% sure. Nice. It sounds really cool, though. What's the name of the um, Twitch channel? It's, um, yeah, here's all the details on this. It's on Twitch. It's on the Hyper RPG channel. And I watched it on my Roku on the Twitch Zero app. And all I did was I downloaded Twitch Zero, and then I searched for Hyper RPG. The episodes, they air on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time or 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, And if you miss them on Hyper RPG, you can watch them. The episodes will come up on YouTube. And that uh, I think they're up now. I think that episode's up now, that first one. So I Tupperware this. Yeah, and I'm looking right now. Once you subscribe to the Hyper RPG, the backlog is also there on Twitch as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, so it, it, it's easy to find. There's there's lots and more and more good programming that I've been finding on random Twitch channels lately. Yeah. I, I didn't I, know that that was something Twitch could do. That's pretty cool. Yeah, this hyper RPG, like, they do a ton of uh, – it's not like they only do Rat Queens, but, like, that's what kind of, like, got me into this. Like, you know, I don't even – I don't even – I haven't played a role-playing game since fuck i haven't played a role game playing game probably since i was like 20 or 21 like i just it's just something i haven't done in a long time you know so just watching them do this just it's kind of like it's in a way it's kind of i know it sounds silly but in a way it's kind of like live theater you know it's it's just a lot of fun it's they're acting out these characters from the comic books that i really love and it was just a lot of fun. It was it was a blast, and they they kind of like make it interactive. They want to keep this going, so like if you want to buy, you can buy re rolls for the girls, so you can get on like the app and you can like you know throw a little, you can donate a little bit of money to Hyper RPG, and you can actually buy re rolls for the girls. So like if they roll bullshit, like you're you can actually like you know spend a little bit of money to like give them some re rolls. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, Twitch has this weird thing called bits, and you purchase an amount of bits, and then you can throw the bits at the viewers, and they use that for their their current. Yeah, like have viewer involvement while people are watching. I I had a blast with this. I don't know. It's it might not be for everybody, but I if you're a Rat Queens fan or if you're into like RPGs, role playing games, tabletop role playing games, uh, and you want to see something fun, you know, like when they first introduced fucking Hannah, like she's she's in the bed with a guy and she's she's giving him like a I think she's giving him a hand job and she had to roll. She had to roll die to see if the guy was hard or not or something. It was it was bizarre. I was just like, this is this is crazy, but I fucking love it because it is it's totally rat queens. That's just how these girls are in the comic book. And the, the, the book is a blast. And watching this was a blast. And like the two girls that play Violet and Hannah just nail these characters and they're. Their humor I connected with on like a, like a level. I loved watching these two girls play because they were really funny. So I Tupperware this. This was a lot of fun. And so like this is going to be like my Wednesday nights is like me sitting down and watching this fucking shit because I really. Are I, they all two and a half hours long? I don't know. This this first one's going to be two and a half hours long. They don't even know how many episodes that they're going to do this for. Like I actually joined like their Discord channel and they were saying that they wanted to have maybe six or seven seasons of this and um oh no, it's like six to seven episodes per season. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look it up. But like I don't know. I think it really kinda depends on like how much interaction they get and like how much people are donating to keep this thing going. Well, yeah, because so. they're not beholden to anybody, right. you know, but themselves by doing it on Twitch, which exactly. is a super weight or super cool, excuse me, kind of way to create things. Exactly. Yeah. And so like this channel has like a tons of a ton of other like 
different programming that they offer as well. And so, like, I don't know. I might start getting into some of that other stuff, too. So we'll see. But I, I really enjoyed this. A lot of neat stuff on here. There definitely some other Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, they play some magic on here as well. Mm-hmm. And just some general video game streaming, it looks like. Yeah. Um, Melissa, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, we covered all the stuff I've been watching this week. Oh, fuck. Then I better get to my shit. Because I got a, maybe... How much do I have left? I have two things left, and then I'm done with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Here we go. I watched a movie in the theater this week called The Wandering Earth. Uh, this is a movie that um, I didn't even know about until uh, somebody texted me about it and said, um, yeah, I saw this movie. So I was like, OK, I found out that it was playing here. The Wandering Earth is a Chinese science fiction film directed by Fran, Fran Guo. Uh, it is based on the novella of the same name by the Locus Award and Hugo Award winning author C. Xin Lu. And uh, it's about in the near future. Listen to this premise. This is fucking nuts. In the near future, the sun ages and is about to turn into a red giant, pushing the nations of the world to consolidate into the United Earth government, a world government, and initiate a project to move Earth out of the solar system to the Alpha Centauri system in order to preserve human civilization. Huge thrusters running on fusion power are built across the planet to propel it. Human population is reduced severely due to catastrophic tides that occur after the planetary engines stop Earth's rotation. And later, as the planet moves away from the sun, much of the surface is frozen due to lowered temperatures, forcing humans to live in vast underground cities built adjacent to the engines. On the journey to the new solar system, the Earth is getting pulled into Jupiter's gravity and will basically be destroyed. So... um, this sounds amazing. It's, There's a lot going on here. Yeah. So basically, okay, hold on. This is so basically what happens here is the sun is dying and it's gonna basically it's gonna destroy the earth. It, uh, we're gonna it's gonna destroy the earth. So they have they build these huge like thrusters, these huge like torque engines to to make to, to fly the earth into another solar system. And so they've got like this satellite that is like steering the earth. Um, and then they have like a control room for that. Yes. It's bizarre. It's like, so they turn the whole earth into a spaceship. Basically. Yes. Instead of building spaceships to put the population on. Yes. They just are like, we're moving. Use what we got. We're we're not trying to find a new earth and repopulate it. Um, we are just going to that, that, but that is a, I don't want to spoil too much, but that is a backup plan. But anyway. That's like how I clean my room, right? You just throw everything <laughs> in the pile and fucking move it somewhere else. They're flying. Okay, so they're flying in space. They got this. It's going it's gonna to take – I think it's going to like take 2,500 years for them to get there. But as they're flying Shit. through space, Jupiter's gravity is going to pull the Earth into it. And then once it once Earth gets pulled into Jupiter's gravity, the Earth will be destroyed. So basically it's like you know, we – for some reason, we couldn't avoid the largest planet in our solar system, and so it turns. Yeah, was in, that a miscalculation? Yeah, or is like something else? Oh, so they just they missed the mark on the target or something? Whatever. It's like it's it feels like the Titanic and that iceberg all over again with like. This. I was wondering if it was like something happened on Jupiter that like changed the variables or whatever. I don't. There's like some like, other plot line about Jupiter. Yeah. Sounds like they forgot about the effect it would have on our actual 
like title environment as well. No, no, too. no, like, no, Jake. Out there's so many plot holes in this. Like, like, <laughs> okay. hold on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so like when we move, like when the Earth starts moving, the rest of the world is frozen. Okay, so like all the animals and stuff like that, like, like they're fucking frozen in like the ocean and shit like the ocean's frozen like dude there's no they don't address the animals at all in this like i have no fucking idea like what happened if they if they did like a noah's art kind of thing with the animals like i don't think that that's ever addressed this is like this movie is like it's made it was made um in china and this is kind of like a big deal in china and um uh i'll kind of get into why um the, the hollywood reporter says that The Wandering Earth is China's first full-scale interstellar film. Like, this is, like, their first kind of, like, big sci-fi blockbuster. Chinese science fiction author and screenwriter Anna Wu says science fiction is a new challenge for the Chinese film industry. Um, While there have been numerous fantasy films, she told The Verge that studios and investors have hesitated when it comes to the genre because of the perception that they need both a high level of special effects and to rake in lots of money in order to be successful. So, like, this is their first, like, real attempt at something like this. This movie, like, beat out everything. Like, when it, when it, it, um, I think it premiered on, uh, Chinese New Year, and it made, like, 300 million, like, the first weekend, like, in China. It just, like, blew up. And, um, I'll start off by saying that the special effects in this movie aren't up to our standards yet. Um, some of the action scenes on Earth, that you see like these vehicles they're racing and they're trying to escape destruction it looks like video game cutscenes so you're going to notice that the CG in the film is not great off the bat it it looks good though but it's not great it's not believable um i thought the beginning of this movie was a ton of fun and i liked seeing how like the people were living underneath the surface of the world you know like there's a whole like like nobody nobody gets clearance to like go to the surface unless you get surface you got to get a thermal suit and you got to work it's a job you you've got to get clearance so everybody lives underneath the surface they live in this underworld and but under the in the underworld there's still like there's still businesses there's there's crime bosses um and it was interesting we didn't get to see a whole lot of that but it was really cool and then these kids kind of get mixed up in this trying uh, into this whole thing and they they end up trying to save the whole planet here um their father is on the space station that's steering the earth and he's been there for years so now we have you know people that are on the ground and then we've got like their father up in the sky that can communicate with him. So like, that's, that's kind of like the story here. And, um, the movie just keeps like, it's fun action. It just keeps ramping up the action and you get these big apocalyptic scenes to the point where they did go really overboard with it at the end. It like, like it, it, it's like Armageddon on steroids at times. It's kind of ridiculous, but overall I did enjoy it. And I thought that it's, better than most of like the disaster movies that you see on like sci-fi channel and even some of like the big theatrical disaster movies that we get here. And I, I can't really like rate it against like, you know, 2012 or like the, the <laughs> or like the day after tomorrow. And because, you know, I haven't seen those in years, but it, it it's not going to beat out Armageddon in my opinion, but it has a lot of the same heart that that movie did. And I like that there's a really touching moment at the end of this movie. 
Um, I'm going to give this one a solid taste it. And I think that everyone should give this a watch still because like this is kind of like a, a big deal uh, it, it, as far as like the Chinese movie industry is concerned. And they, they actually found out they reached out to some famous directors. They, they talked with – they tried to get James Cameron, uh, Luke Besson, Alfonso Cuaron, and they all rejected um, this movie. And uh, they got uh, this Frank Guo guy. And um, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, honestly, at the how, end of the... How did you see this, Brian, in the theater? Yeah. Yeah, they had oh. it. Um, it was playing at... Uh, it was only playing at one theater, but, I mean, they've been, they've been playing it for a couple weeks now. Mm. But um, um, I don't know, man. I think, like, I think it's kind of crazy for James Cameron and some of... Not maybe James Cameron. He's, like, so tied up with these fucking Avatar movies. But, like... Luke Besson, I think Luke Besson or Alfonso Cuaron should have done this. I, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy for them to turn this down, in my opinion, because even though the special effects like aren't up to snuff here, I think like this builds a bridge between Western and Eastern cinema, in my opinion, and like this is kind of like a landmark movie for China, and I, I think like any any of these directors that took on this job and the way that it's been received in China. And I think it's kind of a beloved movie now. People are it's a kind of a smash hit over there. I think if one of these directors would have taken this job, I think like they they would they would be kind of like put on a pedestal over in China, you know? I think I think that yeah. that would have been very cool for them and and um I don't know. I think it's, that, it's a way neater occurrence than the other way around like we normally do where where someone makes a big hit and then we just westernize it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like this is like us going you know, like one of our directors going over there and like helping them with like their first big budget science fiction movie. I think Frank yeah. Guo did he made Frank Guo doing this uh, that's great for him but like if they would have got Luke Besson or like you know Alfonso Cuarón like those guys would have been like worshipped over there for like this like they they could always, they could, you know, they they would have, I don't know, you'd be beloved by these, uh, um, uh, by Chinese film goers if you would have, if you would have done this movie. I, I think it's kind of silly for them to turn on this, this project. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with that logic. That, that would have been a very, a very cool olive branch and a very cool move to do. Yeah. And yeah. That would have been, it would have been super neat. I agree. Yeah, this made uh, it made three hundred and four million dollars in the, over six days. In the yeah, it made over six days. It made uh, three hundred and four million, with one hundred and eighty-seven million of that in the Friday to Sunday period. One hundred and eighty-seven million between Friday and Sunday, and over six days, it made three hundred and four million. That's huge. Wow, that is interesting. Is now you might not even know the answer to this, uh-huh. but is this original like source material made for a movie or? You're turning this based off of a you're, popular like story. You're turning into a robot, but you're, I think you're back now. It's a oh, I'm I'm a robot. I'm sorry. Is this an adaptation of yeah, a popular it's based something on, that they have? Yeah, it's based on the novella of the same name by. Uh, it's uh, it was from Xi Xin Lu. So it's just a novella, huh? So not nothing to dive into if uh, they want to do a sequel. They'll have to do original material there. Interesting. They could do it. Yeah, they could do a sequel. Like this is like, you know, this this whole thing spans over 2,500 years. So, I mean, it would be kind of like interesting to see where they are. But, yeah, they, they it would have to be an original. Somebody else would have to write an original screenplay for, the, for a sequel if they do make it. 
Yeah. Wow, that sounds really cool. I'm glad yeah. you saw that. That's awesome. It was subtitled, I assume. Yeah, it was all subbed. It was subbed. Yeah, it's called The Wandering Earth, and if they're playing it around you and you just want to you want to get a science fiction fix and and see this movie that's kind of part of history now, then I would definitely check it out. The next thing, the next movie I want, the last thing I want to talk about for Good Pop, Bad Pop is a movie that I saw this week. Uh, they, I was originally going to see this one uh, a couple weeks ago. Remember when we had like the freezing weather around here, Jake? I do. Yeah, the theater that was going to play this movie, uh, they had to uh, shut down for a couple of days. And um, so they brought it back. They brought it back one day. Um, and it's uh, it's called Burning. Melissa, did you see this one? No. Okay. I you- never got a chance to. I've been real thirsty to see this movie, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have, uh, you should check and see if you can get. Uh, have you heard of Hoopla? I've heard about it on the show. I haven't checked to see if I somehow have access to it, though. Yeah, I've got Canopy access. Canopy's awesome. I, I want Hoopla access now because Hoopla, uh, recently they got Burning and uh, what was the other movie that they got? Shoplifters is on Hoopla now. Oh, so good. Yeah, and you can watch those for free on Hoopla. But Hoopla is one of those uh, library uh, streaming services where they give you uh, if your library is signed up for the program, you can get access to it, this free streaming service, and you get like I don't know, like ten credits every month. So you can that means you can watch ten movies on the service. And uh, but I, I saw Burning in the theater. It's about Zhang Su, a part-time worker, bumps into Jaime while delivering. Who used to live in the same neighborhood? Jaime asks him to look after her cat while she's on a trip to Africa. When Jaime comes back, she introduces Ben. A mysterious guy she met in Africa to Jiang Su. One day, Ben visits Jiang Su with Jaime and confesses his own secret hobby. Um, Anyan Yu plays Lee Jiang Su. Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead plays Ben, and then Jiang uh, Xiao Jun plays Shin Jaime. I uh, this is directed by Cheng Dong Li. I did not know the synopsis or anything about this, um, Jake or Melissa. I didn't know anything about this movie going in. And this movie's two hours and 28 minutes. It's a long movie. Wow. I knew nothing about this movie going in. Not a thing. That's, all, that's always either really awesome or really terrible. Uh, what was awesome about this no, was... I mean, not, not knowing. No, no, no. I'm getting into this. I'm getting yeah. into it right now. What was awesome was not knowing anything about this. Because this movie at first, I was just like, okay, this is just like a slice of life film about this guy you know uh and uh, uh lee jong jong su it's just a slice of life story about like this guy and like what this guy's about and like this guy lives uh like on a cow farm that's it's just a slice of life slice of life story about this guy and like what i had no idea what i was really in for in this movie like once they introduced steven young's character uh, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you got to watch this. You got to watch this because Stephen Yan it puts on a great performance in this. This is all subtitled though. Um, this, I there's a twist in this movie. This movie is creepy. Oh yes, I had no idea that that's, that's what this movie was about. Like I could not believe. Like if you're into thrillers, you're gonna love this movie. You're going to love this movie. I was blown away by this. I'm not going to say anything more, but Burning is a Tupperware. I loved it. And at the beginning, I was like, this is going to be a high taste it. I was like, because, like, you know, they spent a lot of time kind of, like, establishing, like, the relationship between, you know, Jiangsu and, and Jaime. And, and 
then when she gets back from her like trip from Africa where she was doing like charity work and she introduces Ben, that's when this movie really starts. But you need all that other stuff at the beginning. You do need it. But the movie really starts when uh, Stephen Young's character of Ben gets introduced into this whole thing. And it's just it's it's a complete mystery after that. The whole thing is a complete mystery after that. And you're always wondering, like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And you're like, seriously, it's like white knuckles to like at the end of it. Like, you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I was blown away by this movie. It was fucking awesome. This is a Tupperware. I'm telling you, you've got to watch this. Everybody's got to watch this movie. This is incredible. Yes, it's a long movie. So, like, put your fucking phone away when you watch this one. I'm so glad I got to see this in the theater because I wasn't distracted yeah, by anything. I'm looking right now if I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is incredible. Burn, burning is a Tupperware. I had no idea what I was getting into when I started watching this, and I'm so glad that I saw this one. It was really, really good. And Stephen Yeun is, oh, my God. Like, you know, I'm so glad to see, like, this guy's career not ending after The Walking Dead and definitely not, like, you know, I like Lauren Cohen. You know, I liked her as Maggie in The Walking Dead, but she's like, she's got this new series that's coming out and I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's going to be any good. And she did Mile 22 with Mark Wahlberg. And that was a terrible movie. And I I usually love Peter Berg as a director, but this movie was terrible. Uh, But we've got Steven Young who did like, you know, um, not a movie that I loved, but uh, that uh, what was that movie with Lakeith Stanfield that he did? Uh, Sorry to bother you. Uh, he was in that movie with Tessa Thompson and Lakeith Stanfield. It's a good movie. <laughs> I know you liked it. I did not. It was it was fucking stupid. That twist is so fucking out of nowhere stupid. That is, that is some dumb bullshit, Melissa. I love it. <laughs> I get it. You're, you're either going to buy into it or you're going to hate it like me. It's definitely a test to see whether yes. you can take a punch from a movie and uh-huh. just get over it immediately. Uh-uh. No, I was hung up on that shit so much. <laughs> that twist was fucked up. But anyway, Steven Yeun in this movie, his the, his movie career, I just want to see it skyrocket because this guy was great. He was so good in this movie. I tell her we're the fuck out of burning. You got to watch this one, Melissa. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm looking at the calendar, seeing what day this week I'm going to sit down for two and a half hours and watch this. Yeah, thing. yeah. It was long, but I, 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 like. By the time, like, it ended, I was just like... Does it feel that long while you're watching it? No, because, okay, at the beginning, it does. Because, like, you don't... Because I didn't know where it was going. I was like, if it's going to... Because I was thinking to myself, if it's just going to be two and a half hours of me watching this guy, a slice of life for this guy, Hmm. in like, in Korea and what he does, I'm going to be bored to tears. But, like, once they introduce... Once she comes back from that trip from Africa, you're on the edge of your seat the entire movie. The entire movie. And it's a mystery. You don't know what's going on. You don't know about this new mysterious guy, Ben. You don't know. You don't know anything. Because our main character is kind of an introvert here. He's very – he's he keeps to himself and, and he's kind of, a, kind of an odd guy. But he's likable. He's likable enough. And um, – and you're always kind of rooting for him, uh, and and Stephen Yun, like he just comes off as kind of like a slime ball. And um, God, you got to watch this one; it's so good. 
Mm, that's a different kind of role for him if you're a Walking Dead fan. Yeah, because I yeah, Glenn is such a likable dude. Yeah. Thinking, thinking of him as a slime ball is woof, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll come back with the pop culture leftovers news. are back and it is now time for the pop culture leftovers news hear ye hear ye read all about it it's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it this news is gangster as fuck yo it's gangster as fuck yo got some quick there's a little bit of echo there with that guy when when he sings that did, did you hear that jake i did not <laughs> i've never noticed it before I'm crazy. At the very end or something? Yeah. Or the whole thing? It's gangster as fuck, yo. And it sounded like a little echoey. I, was like, wow. I didn't catch that. I'm always too into the bass drops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick news here from uh, Deadline. Vince Gilligan's Breaking Bad movie. They're hearing... Here's the rumor. They don't know anything really about it, except for it's going to follow, you know, uh, uh, Jesse Pinkman's story after the events of Breaking Bad. But here's the rumor here. They go on to say, but I hear it will air on Netflix and AMC. Melissa, did you watch Breaking Bad? I did not. What the fuck? I know. I know. (laughs) This is like my most unpopular opinion. I just, I don't like it. I've tried to watch the first season a couple different times. Uh And every time it gets to like the body melting in that bathtub and falling through the ceiling, I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't like this. Wow. That's like the second episode. <laughs> I know. It just, and then there's like an episode that I caught like maybe a couple seasons down the line where there's like an innocent child that gets shot by some train tracks. And that's another thing where I'm like, I don't like this. So maybe now that my tastes have evolved, <laughs> I could try it again. But yeah, for the most part, I have not seen Breaking Bad. I do know for the most part how it ends, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm glad I didn't know how it ends. Because I, I honestly, like, I, I was one of those people that I waited a few years, and, like, the, the whole show had already concluded by the time I watched it. And I watched it, I think, within a span of three weeks. And it was the most satisfying ending of, a like, a TV drama that I've ever oh, watched. Yeah. I, I thought it was just incredible. But, yeah, it looks like it's so weird. It's going to – it can possibly – the rumor, it's not 100% true – but it's gonna it'll air on Netflix and AMC, which I guess kind of makes sense since Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul have both been on AMC. And, but may, is Netflix helping to produce this in one way or another? I don't know. Like some of the money's coming from Netflix, therefore they are gonna share in the airing of it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's very interesting. I guess in today's day and age, there's so many cord cutters though that they want to make sure the maximum amount of people see this, right? Mm. So they'll probably both services will probably stand to get good ratings on their platform for Mm -hmm. this show even you know having it at the same time i I feel like amc 
comes out with like a lot of really good content. So it's beneficial for them to have Netflix kind of showing it as well. Just like you said, because there's so many cord cutters that wouldn't get to see it otherwise. I mean, for example, like you on Netflix, like blew up and mm. no one watched it on Lifetime. Lifetime. Yeah. So I don't know. It's better to have the agreement in place beforehand so you can get some of the money. Part of me was <laughs> part of me was thinking, though, like, what uh, could they do? Like, um could they do something where, like, here in the States, like, you got to watch it on AMC first? Because I would imagine that, like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are they going to bite one of the other's hand? Like, who's really going to get that exclusive for showing? Yeah. Are they going to do Are they going to do it here? Are they going to have it on AMC first? Like, they could do it a number of ways, guys. Have you heard of AMC Premium? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. AMC Premium, like, you can literally, like, like when an AMC show comes out, I think you've got, like, a few weeks to watch it. And if you don't watch it, you will you can't watch it anymore. You have to then subscribe to AMC Premium if you want to watch past episodes of, like, The Walking Dead um, from that current season. Otherwise, you can go to Netflix, of course. But... Like will like will they offer something like oh do you want to watch the Breaking Bad movie one week early subscribe to AMC Premium and then you'll be able to watch it one week early and then after that it's on AMC then they'll then they'll have it on AMC and then you know after that then they'll release it on Netflix or well it they better be- hope this thing is good or after it's on AMC Premium for a week people are gonna be like we don't like this it's not good. I'm not going to watch it on AMC or on Netflix. People it, will just it, get like AMC premium for that one week and like cancel, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Especially if it's not good. Right. I don't know. I just, I feel like internationally though, like they might get it on Netflix and here we might just get it on AMC. That could be, be another option, right? Yeah. I think yeah. that a lot of um, like cross continental stuff kind of does that. Like Netflix gets a lot of like the BBC stuff that we're not getting aired over here. And I know AMC itself partners with, I think the BBC kind of frequently too. Yo, AMC. Uh, well, shit. I mean, uh, Oh, DC universe. Like they, uh, once uh, Titans had completed and completed on DC universe, then it released on Netflix over there. You know, so is DC universe not, available overseas it's not no. it's not global oh yet. well good for them for uh you know not being like stingy with it so that not only can our friends across the pond see it but they can get the revenue stream as well it's good and bad it's bad for us because like you know like okay it's good for us because like we can get the dc universe and we get to watch these shows first but on the flip side we have to pay for that subscription right if you already right. have a netflix Netflix subscription overseas, yes, you have to wait, but then it's just included in your existing subscription. Yeah, yeah which it's is worth the wait bucks. for a lot of people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would, if I could not pay another 10 bucks, if that was my options, I, I would wait the month to just have them all drop at once, right? For me, doing this podcast and being obsessed with watching all the new content that comes out the week of, I feel like I have to subscribe to everything that's out there jake oh definitely yeah. definitely I, I but but if you could you know exactly if, if it was the option yep. it's definitely the better option it is it really is um it's interesting ab or amc could also advertise this as a as a one-time airing i mean that is a 
good way to garnish huge, you know, commercial revenue too. Is mm-hmm. to, you know, they, a lot of networks do that a lot of times with their like live musical broadcasts where they really mm-hmm. heavily kind of get across the fact that this is the one time this is going to air on network TV. I can't see them really not, drives ratings. I can't see them not wanting to push their AMC Premium though. I mean, like they even pushed AMC Premium with this. I and don't quote me on this, but I could have sworn that I saw somewhere online that you could watch like the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead a week early if you subscribe to AMC Premium. Oh wow! So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm yeah. sure. I'm, I'm sure that really worked too. I'm sure they got definitely got some hits on that. I'm sure they did. And I, I mean, I, it has to be something like that because well, can you get AMC Premium if you? I assume you can get that if you don't have cable, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's something that's exactly. catering to cord cutters. Exactly. Yes, it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a separate paid. It's not yeah. one of these where you can link your existing cable so companies up to. It's like HBO HBO now. In the market of people that could they could get subscribe to this because I have cable so I would just wait for it to come up on their like regular service unless it was something I needed to see that they weren't going to offer on their regular service at all but if you're like if you're like a diehard like Walking Dead fan you know what I mean like and there are and see the thing is it's like for diehard Walking Dead fans or like diehard Breaking Bad fans they're worried about their online Twitter experience. They're worried about their Facebook experience and being exposed yes. to spoilers if they wait that week. That's a real yeah. threat to them. You know, like, I don't want to hear. That would be like yeah. somebody seeing Game of Thrones before me, which is just unacceptable. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move in a way to even make it for a, for AMC to even put that out there for a show like The Walking Dead. Dude, they're doing it dirty, man. With this, with the, with the streaming wars, it's like everybody's everybody's doing these crazy tactics, man. It's like AMC is almost encouraging cord cutting in a way because they're like, if you don't have cable, you can get our premium service and still watch our shows. And you can see them early. So honestly, off Xfinity. I don't know if you guys knew this, but AMC, you you know, the horror service shutter. Uh huh. That's owned by AMC. Yes. Yes. They They should just advertise for it heavily before it became real. They should just roll that all into one service. Don't you think? Oh, totally. Uh, Yeah, because that would make me have shutter. Probably if I if there was like because I'm not super into horror, but I know there's a lot of stuff on, on there that I to see um but since it's it only comes with the horror it's like not worth it but if it came with content early yeah. no ads i mean i'd be more interested jake i know me and we me and you do the vrv service and that has the shutter it has crunchy roll it has high dive it has uh boomerang it has the nick splat it's got uh rooster teeth yeah, it's great. And the crossover seems a lot more natural even with the AMC and the Shutter. to be honest, with yeah. the Walking Dead being the most popular show on AMC and it being, you know, a horror genre show. Well, itself. yeah, and then you've got Greg Nicotero that's going to be doing the Creep Show show on the the Shutter Network. Yeah, it just seems like a, it seems like a natch. I, I mean, I guess we don't know the financial side of it. Yeah. If they're, you know, may, maybe they'd be cutting themselves by combining those things yeah uh also in quick news uh we're getting a new hellboy trailer next week according to hellboy creator mike mignola on uh, twitter he's claiming that the next trailer coming out is much better uh than the last one that we got so. oh. <laughs> thank goodness i i saw this again recently before uh, alita actually uh-huh. yeah oof man groaner 
I don't know, man. I there's there's parts of it that I absolutely love, and there's parts I hate. I just want that red band trailer, man. Give me that fucking red band trailer now. Yeah, it's. I agree. Show me why we had to go a different path, yeah. and not like a cheap imitation of whatever. You're seen. right, Jake. Because like everything that I'm seeing here kind of lines up with like the Guillermo del Toro stuff. It's like it's nothing different yet, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just it's not that it's good or it's bad. It's just a terrible trailer to me. It just does nothing to make me want to see this movie in the theater. Yeah, give me give me that red band. I want that red band trailer. Cause I, I, it's not like I want to see fucking uh, you know uh, what's his name Jim Hopper what's his name David Harbor. I, it's not like yeah. I want to see David Harbor fail. He's one of my favorite Twitter and Instagram online presences in social media right now. I love what the guy's doing in social media. Like you know <laughs> uh, if I get if I get so many people that retweet this, I'll dress as Hellboy and I'll fucking be at your wedding. I, I love this kind of stuff. You know it's great. So. Yeah, I, I love David Harbour, too. I, I don't necessarily want to see him fail. And I was a big champion of moving on and doing yeah. a different take of Hellboy. So it just kind of pains me to see to see this kind of rinse, wash, repeat shit going on so far. Yeah. So we'll see what. Oh, uh, hey, Deadwood movie started filming, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all. I saw a hot link talking about. Um, oh, I'm brain farting on the name, but the uh, Al Swearington actor. Oh was, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Was saying some spoilers, and I was like, "Oh my god, I do not want to see this." Ian McShane, he was talking about some spoilers for the. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that article. He's talking about like where they are now. I guess it's ten years later in the in the movie. Okay, so they're actually taking. It's not a direct pickup. I, I guess I already did know that from reading somewhere else too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I fucking love Ian McShane. God, Super pumped! You got to pick back up, right? You never. I got to. I, I finished season three. I, I finished the first season. I watched episode one of season two, so I'm going to start back. I'm going to start season two all over again. Finish season two and three, and then I'll be ready for the movie when it comes out. I think sometime in the spring or summer. So I, I think I'm overdue for a rewatch of that show. Honestly, it's yeah. gosh, it's been like a decade, I believe, right? Yeah. Oh God, it, the show is like didn't it, it? It ended in like 2005 or six or something, right? Yeah, we've been over a decade, yeah. so that that would be a fun revisit. It's a fantastic yeah. show. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it yet, um, but it's one of my dad's favorite shows. So I'm slowly working through Justified, which is his other favorite show, so that I have something to talk to him about. Um, so I will definitely be watching all of the Deadpool series before this movie comes out, so that I can see it in the theater. You said Deadpool <laughs> series? That's awesome. Uh, Deadwood. Oh my god, I want to see Deadpool in the Deadwood Wood universe, Jake. <laughs> that is not too far fetched. Oh my I was about to say he would fit in from kind of what I understand. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. The Justified's another one. Was that was that an FX TV show? Yes, it's good. Who's in that one? I haven't watched Timothy that. Timothy Elephant also. That's what I thought. I, I was like, yep. oh my god, am I am I am I crazy here? Because I kind of remember seeing him in the ads. So nope, it's him. Him uh, and his cowboy hat. In quick news, other quick news, I, I, we've learned this week from Variety that Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley has joined Zombieland Double Tap. I love him. Uh, yeah, that's happening. And also, uh, we don't know anything about his role in Zombieland Double Tap, uh, but we also know that uh, Rosario Dawson is also going to be part of the sequel as well. I don't know. I think like with the uh, Rhett Reese or with uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick coming back, the the writers from Deadpool, and you got the original cast here. They're adding Thomas Middleditch. We're getting Rosario Dawson. I think this is shaping up. This hat, like I don't know. Like this could be bullshit. Like we could watch this movie and it could be garbage. 
but like right now everything looks really good so i'm i'm hopeful yeah i don't, i i i don't know I'm I'm not sure on this one at all. You can say that, but like, there's nothing in this news that tells me like, and like these guys haven't lost their touch. To be quite honest with you, I, I know we can say everything that we want to about that Deadpool sequel. We can like it didn't live up to like the original, but I mean I don't know. I mean like the these are great castings: Thomas Middleditch, Rosario Dawson. Uh, you got the original cast coming back. I don't know. I'm not. It's, I'm hopeful. I, I can't. I there, there's really nothing other than the fact that Deadpool two was not as good in my opinion as the original Deadpool. I just don't think that Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are like. I don't know. I don't think that they're one shot. You know, like uh, one hit wonders in my opinion. Yeah, I, I really need to see a trailer on this one, right? It's just until you see a trailer for a sequel, it's really hard to know if it's if it's something that you needed or not, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, but Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are really hot right now. Like, they, they, uh, Disney tried to get these guys to pen the new uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. They left. Did you guys hear that? No. They left. No. They left. Oh, left. Yeah, they left. I thought laughed. you said like they literally laughed at them when they asked. No. I was like, "Damn, harsh." <laughs> they were signed. They were signed on to do that movie. They were signed. They were going to do a Johnny Deppless Pirates of the Caribbean reboot, and they left. Um, and now, now, now that they've left, Disney doesn't even know if they're going to go forward with. A Pirates of the Caribbean reboot like that's how like important these guys were to that project yeah that makes sense I mean what's the point of doing it if you don't have a really good creative team it's going to yeah. take that to make people forget what happened before Pirates of the Caribbean I don't think is like a necessary franchise right now either so if you don't have that perfect fit it's like there's a bunch of other shit Disney could do <laughs> doesn't it feel like Disney is like burning bridges with like directors that would be perfect for like if you had to do a Pirates of the Caribbean a Caribbean reboot Disney has burned bridges with directors that I think would be perfect for that franchise number one Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick they've left the project now Hopefully that 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 doesn't say anything about like Disney's relationship with them going forward as far as like Deadpool movies. Hopefully, you know, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? Like Disney. Oh, yeah, I see the connection there. Yeah. Also, uh, if you're going to have anybody else maybe do a Pirates of the Caribbean reboot, um, maybe Phil Lord and Chris Miller would have been great selections. But that's not going to happen now. Right. After Solo, yeah, yeah. after the debacle that was Solo. <laughs> no Edgar Wright Pirates movie. Yeah, no Edgar Wright Pirates movie. Oh God, I want that. <laughs> like, the, like all they got right now, in my opinion, is maybe John Favreau. But yeah, no, no James Gunn Pirates movie. No James Gunn, and that would be good. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that'd be really amazing. Look what he did with the fu- stuff. well shit. The Ravagers are basically cosmic pirates. Yeah, definitely. Man, anyway, uh, let's see. I got two bizarre upcoming movies that I want to talk about here real quick. Number one, let's talk about this horror movie. It's a new horror movie coming out. It's called Slacks. <laughs> this comes. <laughs> this announcement comes from THR. Uh, Romaine Denis is set to star in Elsa Cuphart's slasher film Slacks. In Slacks, Denis will play a cashier in a trendy clothing store where her coworkers are killed by a possessed pair of designer jeans. And uh, 
and <laughs> they must stop the slaughter. So this is a movie. It's slacks. It's spelled with two X's, and uh, it's about uh, genes that will that that kill you. <laughs> Wow, sounds like a trauma film straight up. How does this work? How does this All work? All I want to know is how do we see the genes committing the murders? That's Absolutely. my question here. Like, is it a strangle? Is it okay? Hold on. Is it the fact like do the genes do they okay? Do the genes strangle you like you're saying? Like, are you are they going to put you like in a uh, Sonya Blade Mortal Kombat leg lock? Or is it the? Or do you have to put the genes on, and then do the genes walk you around to your death? Do they? They? they do they make you walk off a building and fall to your death? Oh, I didn't even or think about run that. you off a cliff or something. Yeah, I got or it. you know, or, like, or tighten up to the point where like they cut off circulation. <laughs> I think we need all these death things, by right? Death yeah, thigh muffin top. Somebody, they, top. It, 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 yeah, it pulls you so tight, and then you just pop and explode like a zit. Oh my god! Um, maybe it's like in Velvet Buzzsaw where it's like it's not like we don't see like what it's actually doing. It's just like affecting the circumstances like around you to where you end up murdered, and it's like the killer trigger is the genes but so not actually you've put a, you've like once you put on like they're they're like cursed genes yes yes <laughs> if, if you're around the genes or maybe if you hurt the genes feelings like you put them on and you're like oh not these i look horrible in these today uh, and the genes are like hey fuck you you're gonna die for that like uh like it like like uh you know like when you like like oh you shouldn't have said that and like it's got like God's vengeance or something like so like like <laughs> like uh, blasp genes like if you blasp blasphemize these genes like if you don't believe in the power of these genes they'll I don't know this I don't, I just want to yeah, know like, you're how, like oh man these genes make my butt look big yeah blam well the, so these genes are the sisterhood of the traveling pants genes but like after all the girls grew up and forgot about them and they've turned to bitter and resentful now and they're just out here killing they fit everybody and they kill everybody the sisterhood of the murdering pants the murder <laughs> <laughs> wow way to ruin the twist <laughs> I don't know I just want to know how this works like that's like the most interesting part of this but like I think like once we see how it works then it's kind of like the rest of the movie is not going to live up to anything else, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it, we're talking about a movie called Slacks with two X's about murdering pants. So I think once you put... Lower your expectations. I think the pants, like, once you put them on, I think they take over your body. And it, like, like you... And then it's a, it's, a, it's a struggle to try to get them off before the pants kill you. Like, they drag you off to your death somewhere. Like... I don't know. Yeah, very almost like snake-like, a combination of dragging and strangling. Like, yeah, like finger cuffs for your feet. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. So a whole nation scared to put pants on. Slacks. Um, the second, the second movie that I want to talk about. This news comes from Screen Rant, and it goes on to say, um, as everyone knows, how uh, Hollywood is a town that loves a comeback. And according to a new press release from Jurassic Pictures, producers of the ultra-low-budget film Stuck, uh, we got uh, Steve Gutenberg. Remember him, Jake? Yeah, Police Academy, Steve. Three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. Steve Gutenberg. It takes two. Mary Kay and Ashley. <laughs> he was in that? <laughs> Didn't know yes, that reference, he's but okay. dad. <laughs> okay, see, the th- see, like, that's, like, Jake, that's definitely after our time. Like, we... 
It's also after his time. After his time, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve Gutenberg is back for a comedic time-traveling adventure. In fact, the film will reunite Gutenberg with his Police Academy co-star Leslie Easterbrook. It was. It will be released in Europe first, with a digital release planned soon after. The plot of Stuck revolves around a group of scientists who, in a bid to discover a time travel serum, learn that gluten has been preventing human beings from visiting the past and future. The film takes place over the course of one day <laughs> when one of the scientists realizes that her gluten-free diet allows her to time travel. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Steve Glutenberg! Steve Glutenberg! I was totally. Uh, I've been holding that in, and you take my joke for me. Uh, you're killing me, Jake. I've had that. I've had that one like saved up in my brain all week. Um, Who the hell is uh, Les- Leslie Eastbrook in the Police Academy? Movies? Leslie Easterbrook. I have no clue. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I know a few of their names, but I, that's not one I recognize. Yes. Is that, that's not like Tackleberry or who Tackleberry the fuck is that? passed away, dude. Oh, I'm pretty sure the ac- the actor that played Tackleberry, or is it Hightower? Hightower passed. I think both of those guys are dead, dude. It's Leslie. What's the name again? I'm trying to find. I'm looking at Police Academy. Here we go. Police Academy. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg. Jeez. Yeah, uh, Hightower. Let's see if Hightower is. Yeah, Hightower died back in 2011. Tackleberry left alive. Tackleberry. Yeah, Tackleberry's dead. He died in 2001. At the oh, age of... it's uh, Officer Callahan. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a female. Oh, yeah, Callahan. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movie, um, and it stars uh, Tom Hanks' brother Jim, too. Jim Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious! Wow, it's about it's it's so basically like you remove gluten from your diet, and uh, that's what's been keeping us from um, from time traveling. So, like, once you remove gluten from your diet, there's a way to travel through time. This is like hot tub time machine, but this is more of like your diet and removing gluten, going gluten free, and and jumping around through time. Did you watch the trailer? There's a fucking trailer. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Tell me about the trailer. I did not watch the trailer, okay. Melissa. <laughs> so this movie was shot in nine days. I heard that. Yeah, it was shot in nine days in Los Angeles. This movie huh. trailer looks like they were shooting a movie in nine days. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, at one point, he's like, come on, come on, come on. We gotta go. And the girl is like, just got out of the shower, so she's like wearing a towel. And she's like, Can I at least dry my hair first? I don't wanna travel in a towel. And then it's just a like freaking two minute montage of her blow drying her hair to like some type of like lowbrow EDM music. And then it's like transfers into a montage of her trying on all these different outfits and then back to drying her hair. Like the trailer makes it look like literally this movie is about this woman drying her hair. Like it is, I think the hair drying thing is like a joke, but I'm not sure why it would be funny but like it's funny because it's so stupid and ridiculous and like it kind of looks like um like like a film school like semester project oh my god maybe. oh then, how, how yeah, the how the at least let me dry my hair and then two minute hair drying montage jake how the mighty have fallen 
Well, it's been a long time. It's not like Steve Gutenberg just like fell. Yeah, it's been 15, 20 years. I know. Steve Gutenberg, he's a nut anyway. Like, there was, wasn't there something that was going on in the news and Steve Gutenberg was showing up? You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I didn't know about that, no. There was something, like, big that was going on in the news, and Steve Gutenberg kept showing up like he was, like, involved in this. And, like, all the news people were like, what are you doing here? Like, what does Steve Gutenberg have to do with this news story? And he kept showing – yeah, I've got to look that up. I, I know that he's, – he's kind of a nutbag anyway. But, like, he was huge back in the 80s. Like, he was – you know, Police Academy wasn't the biggest thing, but, like, Three Men and a Baby was. Like, you're, you're like – you know, you're with Ted Danson and uh, Tom Selleck, and you're, like, the third guy in that movie. You know, that's the movie yeah, that – Short Circuit was one of the biggest movies in my childhood, Short too, Circuit, so. yeah. Like, like he kind of, like, he peaked in the late 80s, and then he just kind of, like, uh, fell into obscurity sometime in the 90s. Like, nobody cared anymore. Yeah, it might have been that sixth Police Academy movie. Yeah. No, I got to I gotta look up that Gutenberg thing where he was like, he kept showing up to uh, like a real news story. He kept showing up like outside and talking to reporters and they were kind of like, why is Steve Gutenberg here and talking about this? This was a recent, this was like 10 years ago or something. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, he's trying to get himself back out into the spotlight or something. I don't know. I'm just giving you half-ass news here, not the full story. Ill- yeah, I was trying to Google it. I'm Ill- I, I, I can't find anything. I'm ill-prepared, or maybe maybe I'm making shit up. I don't know. Anyway, um, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. I got some news here from Deadline. Uh, Millennium's Red Sonja movie has been put on the back burner amid the Brian Singer controversy. So, finally... Jeez. Yeah, I read this. How, yeah, I fucking tumbled this news. Yeah, but like the CEO of Millennium Films, like even after this stuff came out, was backing this motherfucker and saying, no, we're going to continue with this. And so finally, Millennium has finally put this on the uh, on the back burner now. It's it's like how many over the years, how many times does this guy have to be the subject of sexual misconduct allegations for somebody to finally put this guy out of a job? And like, I'm not super familiar with Red Sonia, but from my understanding, isn't doesn't she have like rape in her backstory? Her family was killed. I don't I haven't read any. Um, I haven't read any stories about her being raped but that there definitely could be some stories out there like that's what i just got off like wikipedia which obviously i don't know if that's the end all be all but i wanted you know since he got put on this movie i wanted some background information but this is the type of person i want the farthest away from a rape origin than we can get him go away and like even before that he is nearly impossible to work with i mean that's the reason he was fired from bohemian rhapsody none of it's not this abuse even though it should have been but like so he's in the first place not someone we should be re- rewarding with more work Did, and well, didn't he just he's not, an abuser well didn't, he just didn't show up he just didn't Don't show work. up but, but but bohemian rhapsody was not the first movie that he did this on jake right he's like, like yeah, notorious no. for it yes he's notorious Yo, i'm not defending him by any means i i he's an a-hole oh i know i know you're not defending him i'm just saying like this is not the first time he's done this like i like you're saying melissa i hear he's notorious for just not not showing up to set and when you're talking about like not showing up to set for like even a day you're costing the company thousands of dollars and there's only so long that you can live off the fact that you're like the director from the usual suspects like yeah, how long or the x-men guy or the x-men guy which those movies 
according to in my opinion to by today's standards aren't even that fucking good so chill the fuck yeah. out dude it makes you wonder how much Kinsberg had to step in even on Apocalypse and why that was just so disjointed. Well, uh, Apocalypse was garbage. Yeah, exactly. You're right, Jake. Here's the thing. It's like you've got X-Men Days of Future Past. And in my opinion, and I'm going to stand by this, that movie was successful because he was still going off of Matthew Vaughn's direction. Matthew Vaughn was first involved in that project and had completely like – had the whole movie mapped out. Uh, he, yeah, he had a fantastic, you know, movie. Like, yeah. he, he couldn't F it up. Like, here's a great screenplay, yeah. make this movie, and he did it. Yeah. And as soon as that was gone, as soon as the source material was gone, we got exactly what we saw, Apocalypse, right. which was disjointed garbage. How do you fuck up Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse? Well, by you, covering you, him, yeah. by making him completely unrecognizable. Right. Terrible. <laughs> mm. Giving him nothing to do. Uh, I this news made my week because I love Red Sonia. I am a huge fan of the She Devil. I I loved the movie growing up. The terrible Bridget, Brigitte Nielsen movie. I loved it growing up, uh, and then I later on in life I realized they make comic books about Red Sonia, and I started reading. Uh, the Gail Simone run that came out in 2013. I read the Marguerite Bennett run that came out in 2016. Uh, since then, like last episode of number one comic books that I did with uh, Rebecca, Rod, and Joe, we reviewed the new uh, number one, com- uh, the new number one issue of Red Sonia that was written, I believe, by Mark Russell, and that is fantastic. It's so fucking good. I just want more. But I love this fucking character. And I already said on Twitter that I will... Jake, I don't... Like, on Twitter, I don't really get into a lot of the issues on Twitter. Like, I just don't... I kind of stay away from that kind of... I do, and I need to stop. Well, that's the thing. It's like, (laughs) it's fine. Like, I have no problem. I'm I'm so happy to read some of the stuff that people put on on Twitter, the stuff that they stand up for. But, like, for me... I have I have never read a tweet that's changed my life. Right. Like I've never like read like a tweet from somebody and been like, holy shit, you're right. You know, like, that's that, so profound. That's so yeah. profound. And I don't think that you're ever going to – I don't think anybody's ever going to read a tweet that's going to change their life. I don't think like if you're like uh, – if you believe in something and somebody else that doesn't believe in that tweets against what you believe in, I don't think you're going to read that tweet and be like, well, fuck, now I get it because uh, Johnny What's His Fuck says that he – you know, this is the reason he doesn't believe in such and such. I get it. It now thank you for that life altering fucking tweet it's just i try it to like real human interaction to make those kind of like, it does sways it, on people for i think sure. yeah i think like online i think with all the stuff that's out there i think like if you're trying to like get your thoughts up i think you're spinning your tires so you know i i, I say st- i just i don't know i don't know what i use twitter for just to promote the podcast and stay say stupid shit that again that that doesn't affect anybody in any way or one way in, in any form at all, but um, this is one thing that I did voice my opinion on. All I said online, I said on Twitter, was if if they don't change the the creative team that's involved in this current Red Sonia movie from Millennium, I will not watch it. And that hurt me to say that, Jake, because I fucking love this character, dude. I fucking yeah, exactly. I, and like yeah. you said, it takes a lot for us to you know on any of our social media platforms make any kind of 
you know, statement like that. But yeah, you got to draw the fucking line. Exactly. And it was like, this was one of those things where I, I, you know, like, it's not like I put my voice out there and it's not like this, the CEO of Millennium Films is going to be like, oh shit, Brian from Pop Culture Lockdown doesn't like the fact that we've got a child molester making our movie. We better, (laughs) we better, we better not do this. And um, I'm not laughing at the fact that this guy is a child molester. I'm just laughing at the fact that anybody would take my opinion seriously online. Um, Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, but when I read this news this week that he's, that the movie's been put on the back burner, it made me think that, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to go forward with this movie. And Brian Singer's probably done here. And that, uh, that's, that's good news. Cause I, I'm, I mean, you know, we've, the last time we got a, a Red Sonja movie was 30 plus years ago. And I don't want to see them return with, uh, with Brian Singer. I, there's plenty of wonderful female directors out there that should be given this IP. You know, I think of like, uh, I, you know, I know she's busy with Wonder Woman 1984 and all that, but um, I would love to see Patty Jenkins get a shot at Red Sonja. And I'm sure that there's other female directors that would be able to I would just... love to see, like, Gillian Flynn write this movie. There you go. Yeah, I mean... Or at the very least, a non-rapist male would be okay. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also not, like, not a careless male director either. If if the Red Sonia backstory does involve rape, like, obviously not saying that, like, D&D of Game, and Thrones, Game yeah. of Thrones have any history of misconduct, but, like, they were careless with the rape storyline, and we got a bad season of television. So... This is stuff you have to be careful with. And, like, Brian Singer was the worst person ever to put on this movie. Right. Oh, my God. What the fuck? the worst person ever to put on any movie at this yeah, point. it's true. The Usual Suspects is still a great movie. I'm not going to lie. It's a great fucking movie. But I feel, I feel like he peaked there, Jake. Yeah, I've always thought that movie was a little bit overhyped, too. I, really? Never, yeah, I never thought it had much of, a, like, a rewatch factor to it. Oh, like man. it's kind of like once once the Kaiser Stose is out of the bag, it's like what's what what's there? No, I get it, but I you know I mean, yeah, there there is that big reveal and everything, but yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I remember seeing it in the theater and really loving it, and then revisiting it on like DVD and thinking, meh. Yeah, you know, so. I was really like apt pupil, one of Brian Singer's earlier films. Oh, too. apt pupil! That was the Brad Renfro, uh, Ian McKellen film. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, good yeah, one. It, yeah, that's really good. Brad Renfro, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen plays a uh, Nazi that's uh, living uh, a, a, a former Nazi that's uh, Brad Renfro's neighbor, and um, like that's it's like uh, he's kind of like hiding it from everybody. The fact that he was a uh, a Nazi, right? That's that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid kind of finds out and is like interviewing him for like yeah. a class project. Finds the more involved into his past history and stuff. I hate to sell a Brian Singer movie is really good. Yeah, but but yeah, that's one I've always I always like that more than Usual Suspects. Brad Renfro had like uh, so much potential. What happened? It was, was it suicide or drug overdose with Brad Renfro? Ooh, I mean, it could be one of the same, honestly. Yeah, I can't. Let me look up Brad Renfro. Man, that kid was talented as fuck. He was in a terrible Steven Dorff film, though. Brad Renfro. What was that? Well, that, that narrows it down. Brad Renfro. I'll look up that. I think it was called uh, Deuce is Wild. I think it was called, and it. I, I could take a deuce on that movie. It was terrible. 
Brad Renfro. Jeez, yeah, he died. How old was he? Died at the age of 25 back in 2008. That's sad. Died of a heroin overdose. Jeez Louise. That's crazy. Anyway. um, Yahoo Entertainment had an article titled James Cameron Reveals Dark Title for New Terminator Movie. Teases a hardened Sarah Connor. In the article, James Cameron reveals, we're calling it Terminator Dark Fate. That's our working title right now. So uh, just in case you guys needed a... uh, a reminder here, uh, this is not going to be... James Cameron is not directing Terminator 6. Uh, it's being directed by Tim Miller, the director, director for the first Deadpool film. Uh, but this article goes on to say, even as he says we, Cameron is quick to note that this is Miller's show all the way. Tim's a very, quote, Tim's a very willful and opinionated director, and he's got his own ideas for the film. I'm kind of like the Pips. He's Gladys. Still, it's no small thing to have Cameron back in the mix for the franchise he created alongside Gail Ann Hurd. And he had some ground rules for Terminator's current minders, David Ellison's Skydance Media. Uh, I said, I can't be involved in this film at all if Arnold is not in it. He has also strongly recommended that the filmmakers bring back Lyndall Hamilton as Sarah Connor, a role she hadn't reprised since Judgment Day. Quote, fans are going to want to see her again, and they're going to want to see the real Sarah Connor, Connor and what time and dealing with these tragic futures has done to her. Um, Jake, I'm hearing that they aren't going to be doing any de-aging to Arnold, and that the rumor is he's going to be a completely new model of Terminator and an aged-up version. So he's going to look like he does now. Um, but he's going to be a completely new model of Terminator. He's not going to be the, uh, what is it, the T-100. T-600, right? T-300, 600, I don't know. Yeah, T-600. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't even remember myself anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. This almost, the more I hear about this, this feels like the uh, Force Awakens of Terminator movies, kind of, right? Like bringing back all the, uh, except, you know, where's the people that we're passing the torch on to? It's, if we don't have that, it's kind of just going to die out here again. It sounds like uh, it sounds like what they did in Halloween by kind of like retconning everything that happened after what Cameron was involved in. Like they're retconning. Oh, uh, uh, that's they're, interesting. So maybe after three. Everything. No, it's three. They're retconning T3 through Genesis like they never happened. Like so T3, uh, Salvation, Genesis, none of that shit happened. And this is like a direct sequel to T2. Okay, yeah, that's probably for the best. I mean, you got to condense this shit to get new audiences to even give a shit. Because it gets to a point where the franchise gets so old and convoluted that people feel like they can't even, it's not even accessible to them anymore. So trimming the fat is not the worst idea. What do you think? Hey, uh, Melissa, did you ever watch the Terminator movies? I was just about to say, I've never seen a Terminator movie. And it's pretty much for the reasons that Jake was just discussing. Like, I, there's a lot of them. And it seems like not everybody loves them all. So it was like, do I need to watch these? Um, So if they cut out some of that middle stuff and it comes down to just three movies I could watch, I would be way more apt to do that. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. I am a huge Terminator fan, Melissa. Let me explain this to you here real quick. Okay. Number one, my favorite movie of all time is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It's my favorite movie of all time. My favorite movie of all time. Like that that movie defines, like, you know, 
that movie defines me as a kid. Like that movie came out when I was 13 and like I started off my teen years watching James Cameron's action science fiction film that blended uh, practical effects with 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 like like the at the beginning of like when uh, CG was becoming like what it is. You know what I mean, Jake? Like that movie was taken oh, yeah. like it was, it was an event. It, it was nothing like it. It blew my mind. Yeah, like the, like we had had action movies. Like we, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was an action movie star, and like James Cameron had done a sci-fi movie called The Abyss that was introducing like special effects like we had never seen before, and so he basically took like your action film and then combined it with like the special effects science fiction story. And we got Terminator 2, which is... Yeah, I'm super into that, the sounds of that. It's superior to the original film, but I think you have to watch both of them. So you have to watch Terminator, and then you have to watch T2. They're completely different movies, too. The first movie is kind of like the robot, the Terminator. It's a horror film. And then the second movie, it's more of kind of like your science fiction action film. And it's that's what James Cameron does. Like, that's the way the Aliens franchise was. Like, you had your first movie, Alien from Ridley Scott, which was like your horror movie. And then the second one, which was done by James Cameron, was like your action film set in the Alien universe. This is the exact same formula here. And so... Um, those are the only two new movies that you need to watch. That's it. That's it. You just All right. you just cool. need to watch those two and stop there. You don't need to watch T three. You don't need to watch Salvation. You don't need to watch Genesis. By all by all means, please don't watch Genesis. Um, I know. And Genesis. isn't that the one with Amelia Clark in it? Yeah, that's the one with Amelia. Yeah, Matt so, too. Oh, what a bummer. And your, I love her. And your boy <laughs> and your boy Jai, Car- Jai Courtney is Jai Courtney in that one? Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't know. And then Jason Clark's in that one. He plays like uh, he plays the older John Connor. But yeah, don't watch it. It's absolutely it's it's terrible. Matt Smith's in it. Uh, it's terrible. Um, but uh, just watch Terminator and T two. And if you really want to, if you if after that you're like I, I want to watch something else, watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles, like the TV show. It was really good. So. Oh yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. But, and hey, uh, that has Cersei as to star. Exactly. Yeah, you got oh, Lena. Hedy. I love her. Yeah, too. you got Lena Hetty playing uh, Sarah Con- Sarah Connor. I, but this is yeah. Watch these two and then go into this one because like this next one. I mean, it's got a good cast. We got Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis is going to be in this movie, and I, I you know I'm a big fan of hers. I loved her in, in uh, what was it? She's in. Um, I don't watch that show on AMC. What's that show on AMC that she's on? Oh, I don't watch it. But she was in uh, Tully. Did you watch Tully? Oh, I didn't. I missed that one. It was on my list, though. Yeah, watch Tully. I just never got to it. I think Mackenzie Davis is really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in this movie. And I don't know. I, 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 I want to see what Cameron and Tim Miller can do with the franchise. But, like, if... Jake, I, I, I sound like I'm I'm beating the fucking a drum here. Like... Be or like I don't know, um, beating a dead horse. Because why am I coming back for another Terminator movie? Why am I doing this to myself? Well, I mean, it's obvious, Brian. Terminator Two is your favorite movie of all time, so you you want to capture that magic one more time. And they've had four failed attempts at it since then. So to me, it'd be nice if they could do it once. You it, know? Melissa, um, Terminator Two has the best, like the mo- in my opinion. James Cameron with action sequences like these are the most memorable action sequences of all time in my opinion like in this movie 
Yeah, and like with you saying that, I hope that they can pull off this new movie. Like, I don't want, you know, I hate to see a beloved franchise end on a dour note. It has been for the last I, like, since since 1991. These movies have. Oh, like, that's my whole life. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Like, like seriously, like I watched. I'm I am 13 years old. Okay, this is like the movie. Like I had been following Terminator to so closely like i've been i'd watched like i remember watching david uh late night with david letterman to get like like an like arnold showing up on letterman i'm like i'm i'm gonna watch i'm watching letterman tonight to see what the clip is and it was the clip of like um arnold going into that bar jake and like you know walking i remember yeah yeah he's like letterman shows that clip letterman shows that clip that night man and i'm fucking 13 watching this shit arnold walks into that fucking bar i need your i need your uh your uh your jacket your boots your motorcycle and like you know i'm just like oh my god you know like and they get he gets in that bar fight and the guy the guy takes the pool stick and like cracks it over his head and Arnold like turns and looks at him and that's where the clip ended and I was like oh my god <laughs> like I'm freaking out I can't wait to see this movie like I followed this movie so closely I loved it and uh I saw this in I saw this in the theater with uh, uh former co-host Jay we watched this as uh as two kids in the theater and we're just blown away by this movie it was absolutely incredible it was an amazing Experience like this was uh, last year. I went and saw this in 3D when they re-released it in the theaters, and it was like a that was like a fucking spiritual experience. It was a religious <laughs> moment for me. Like I have seen this movie so many times. I will watch it one or two times every year. I love I, Edward Furlong. It doesn't get any better. His his career does not get any better than this. Like he peaked in his first fucking film, dude. Like like yeah. yeah. After this was Pet Cemetery Two. It was Pet Cemetery Two, and then he did that Detroit Rock City movie, and then I don't know. American History X was a little bit of yes, a, that was good for him. That was good. That was good. Did, hey, I've all I've talked about this on the show before, but he's like the one thing I love about him is he, like he's a big time like animal rights activist. And I even oh, yeah, he's yeah. fucking crazy. He's fucking crazy, but he loves animals, and I got to give that to him. He's fucking nuts. He went like ah, well, he went into like a, a supermarket. And remember when supermarkets used to have the fucking uh, the live lobsters and shit? Yeah. Oh yeah. He pulled the live lobsters out and it's like set them free. <laughs> That's awesome. He's he, he's fucking nuts. I'll give him. He's crazy. I, like he's I don't know. He's he's. Kind of a nutbag, but I kind of fucking love him for that. So whatever. And he was in that shitty crow reboot, that shitty crow movie. He was the crow. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, it was fucking terrible. Edward Furlong was the fucking crow, dude. Like crow four or some shit. I think it was the one. I don't know if I don't think it was the one with Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst was in a fucking crow movie and that was garbage, too. (laughs) Crow four. The Eddie Furlong one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Terminator Six. It's going to happen. It might be called Dark Fate. So, um, oh, news from Deadline here: Crank Yankers revival series ordered by Comedy Central. Yeah, very weird. Um, I didn't <laughs> prank phone calling in 2019, and it'll be interesting to see how that works. Were you on that episode with me, Jake, where I talked about me watching Crank Yankers again? Oh yeah, I remember you bringing it up. I, yeah, it, it's a it's a hilarious show. It just seems like a very weird premise to do in present day. 
I Jake, I'm thinking I'm thinking I brought it up on our show and I'm thinking people got on that Comedy Central app and they saw a spike in people watching this thing again. I think I personally, single handedly, revived this show. Just by talk I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I do think it's yeah, that's, I mean it's it was it is very weird. It is weird. Brought it up. It's such a obscure show yeah. for them to decide to revive. Uh, Melissa, this was a show back in the early. I don't know if you. you, you I don't know if you ever yeah, watched. Yeah, I those. watched it when Did I you? was um, probably in like fifth or sixth grade, so like two thousand three, two thousand four time. Um, but I, when I read this article, I was laughing because like the only prank call I can remember ever watching is that YouTube video about like you kicked my dog, and that is not even Crank Acres. So like Crank Acres isn't even the most memorable prank phone calls from like that time period in my life. Oh my god, the most memorable prank calls in my life are the Jerky Boys, Jake. I was getting ready to say the Jerky Boys. Are they coming back? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, the Egyptian magician? Do you remember the Egyptian magician, Jake? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do, do you remember what his do you remember what his trick was? He would punch he, Hold on. The Egyptian magician could punch his chest and it would disappear into the crowd. <laughs> Wait, what? There were these guys that used to prank call uh and like these were like uh we would like when I was a teenager, they were CDs. Like we would get the jerky boy cds and it was these guys and like they would uh they were from like uh out east somewhere like new york or new jersey or something and they would just prank people and they, i'm frank rizzo yeah you know and they would talk like this and they would like make prank calls and like like oh, i'm trying to remember what some like frank rizzo was was a big one and um jocko jock yeah i don't remember that one i remember the egyptian magician uh, big old badass Bob. There was the guy who who was who was. Uh, I, I so I should bring all my glasses. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> oh, that's uh, S- Sal Rosenberg. Sal Rosenberg. So you t- so I should bring all my glasses. No, no, you don't need to bring all your glasses. All right, I'll be. I'll bring all my glasses. <laughs> And the magician used the whole magician thing used to always end the same way. It was always um, some animal that would get very violent with him. Oh yeah, he would like uh, I bring small mountain cat onto the stage. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, and ah! <laughs> I, for my final act, I bring a small mountain cat on stage, and it mauls the crowd or something. And like, yeah, you hear him go ah, screaming as he's getting mauled by the cat. <laughs> yeah. like, I think there's one where he like he calls the hospital to find out what to do about like being injured by the animal while the animal is injuring him, and like the nurse on the other end of the phone is just—it's very funny. Like that's what's funny about the whole gimmick is like yeah. the gimmick when you describe it obviously it sounds stupid. It is yeah. very stupid, but to hear like normal people getting thrown into this stupid bit without knowing it's a stupid bit is where like the actual comedy comes from yeah what was the one where like he was like calling like that uh that company to have him like uh demolish his ex-wife's house or some shit oh yeah (laughs) oh man they always like get people into very like uncomfortable situations on the phone is kind of the point of a lot of it yeah oh god yeah the jerky boys man i haven't heard those fucking guys in years dude remember the jerky boys movie I do, I do. Yeah. Wonder, I wonder if that shit's on Spotify because I had like 
two or three of the CDs, I believe. Oh my god! I yeah, I wonder if it's oh god, if it's on Spotify, I'll listen to that shit. But dude, the Jerky Boys fucking movie, the song in the trailer was Collective Soul, and we talked about Collective Soul last week. Oh, that's hilarious! Uh, that's bizarre. <laughs> Jerky Boys, all five albums on Spotify. No shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, but anyway, Crank Yankers. Is a uh, yeah. It's uh, Comedy Central has ordered twenty episodes from the original creators Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, and Daniel Kellison, and it's a uh, half-hour comedy. And what they do is basically like they prank call different businesses, and then they they've got these recordings of these prank calls, and then when they show it, they'll like reenact it with puppets, and it was always like. Very, I don't know. It was really funny at the time. I did start watching it a few months ago again, and dude, it kind of doesn't age well. And there's a lot of stuff that's like not politically correct at all, and it doesn't age well. And it's like, oh my god, I can't believe that they did this. But it's it's fun listening to like Adam Carolla and like old Tracy Morgan and shit. So I don't know, man. Um, yeah, Crank Anchors. I'll I'll definitely watch it when they bring it back, though. Yeah, bizarre. I never expected to hear this news in a million years. <laughs> so in Crank Acres, they call businesses. They don't call, like, people at home. It was I, – I, all I remember is them calling, like, business, businesses. Like, they would call, like, porn shops. They would call, like uh, – Okay. Well, I feel like that would work better because I don't know how many people are, like, willing to have conversations when you get, like, a random phone call because – I know if I get a random phone call and they don't get to their point immediately, I'll just hang up on them. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like so businesses, I don't even have a chance to be on crank anchors. <laughs> businesses put up with a lot more shit. Like, like I remember, like, yeah. like you know, like calling a computer company. You know, like uh, I remember, like listening, and they called like kind of like um, you know, like a tech support for like a computer. You know what I mean? Like they needed help with a computer and blah 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 blah. So it's it's calling like especially calling like random people um yeah it's such a different day and age right it who is. even answers the phone anymore if you don't recognize the number and nobody who, who the fuck has landlines anymore except for businesses <laughs> right i mean yeah that's ridiculous yeah. yeah it'd be very interesting to see like conceptually what the reef are gonna do like i'm interested in tuning in just for that aspect of it honestly yeah i don't know um i got I got details of the Warner Media streaming service here from Dark Horizons. Did you hear about this, Jake? No, I'm fascinated, though. Yeah, TBS TNT president Kevin Riley appeared on Television Critics Association presentation this week and has offered the most detailed plans thus far for Warner Media's proposed streaming service, which he'll be heading up. Uh, Launch-wise, a beta version of the service is expected to be ready by the fourth quarter of this year. That version will not have original programming, which doesn't arrive until 2020, with the full service program programming will cover a full range of ages, kids, teens, family, audiences, and adult viewing. Uh, the initial launch will showcase the library of Warner media, including the libraries of Warner brothers studios, new line cinema, HBO, the CW, TNT, TBS, adult swim, cartoon network, Looney tunes, and Hanna-Barbera. 
No pricing has yet been set, but tiered pricing is possible. And from the sounds of it, there definitely won't be a free with ads version like NBC Universal is doing. HBO will remain as a standalone for now, meaning HBO Now isn't going anywhere. However, it will also be offered as an add-on when you sign up for the service. And if you get both, the two can be combined into a single user experience, Riley says. Uh, they will run separately. Much like the Hulu Showtime shit, I assume. Exactly, like uh, Hulu. And can you, is Stars also available on the Hulu? I believe that is Har's, um, Stars, Har's, um, Star Showtime Hulu. It kind of just all yeah. runs together if you subscribe through it. Uh, yeah, and it works the same on with Amazon Prime. You Amazon. can add all those as channels. Amazon's the same way. You're right. Um, they will run separately. Uh, HBO will be offered as a standalone. Those are the customer base we will be speaking to and offering pricing. They can buy the service standalone. We're required to offer it that way. On top of it, we will begin speaking to those consumers and saying, here's something else you may want to have. Uh, When they're offered together, it will be a seamless consumer experience. You won't have to toggle back and forth. The way you get it on your feed or streaming will be a seamless, integrated experience. Uh, Riley says you can expect that the crown jewels of Warner will ultimately end up on the new service. And while they're not making them exclusives just yet, it's definitely in the cards, meaning you can expect friends to hang around on Netflix for not much longer. So, yeah, like friends like they (laughs) Netflix recently just paid like millions of dollars to have it on there for another year. Yeah. Yeah. So for for a year for one year it's that shit a little bit of wild. I've, a little bit of oh sorry I was it's kind of bullshit when they talk about the like you don't have to toggle back and forth because they're going to tether all these things together when you will be toggling back and forth to watch all the Warner Brothers DC shows on the separate streaming service DC Universe which mm. is owned by the exact same studio hold on hold on Riley also indicated. DC Universe original series like Titans and Doom Patrol will be on the service. Okay, so it'll be so, one and the same, or and, it'll, it'll be like a truncated version? And they're working out the details of that right now. In any case, okay, a okay. bunch of DC content is expected to reside there, including the CW's various DC series currently on Netflix. Jake, I don't know. Like, are... I, this th- this makes no sense to me. I feel like why would I want to have DC Universe when I could just get the Warner Media streaming service and watch all that content there? Um, I feel like it's just not going to release week to week on there, that it'll just be collected. Right? Yeah, like at the end of the day. I, I, honestly, I think maybe they should combine all these things together, though. I think that would be better. I, I find it silly that they're kind of separating the CWDC stuff from the DC Universe exclusive stuff. I mean, I guess it adds to confusion to casuals, but man, I just think they just need it. If they're going to do an all-encompassing Warner Brothers streaming service, then just put it all under 110. I agree. I don't want, seriously, I don't want to have to pay separately for DC Universe. If I can just get if I can just get like the Warner streaming service for even if it's eight ninety nine a month, I mean, because like right yeah. now, DC Universe is seven. This sounds like this is going to be well worth eight ninety nine a month. Like, yeah, this sounds like it's going to be the biggest streaming service right off the jump. Because like with the, mm. getting HBO like tagged into there, and then CW has so much stuff, and like 
Am I getting all the Harry Potters on this? Because yes. I'm paying eight ninety nine just for that. I think you will. I really do. I think they'll pull the Harry Potter stuff off of like Harry Potter was on HBO for a while. They pulled that off. Harry Potter it's on was, sci-fi it was on Sci Fi USA right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think they'll pull it off. I think it'll all go here. I think this will be the home of all the Harry Potter stuff. Ugh. I Potentially mean, maybe new stuff down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. I mean, this streaming service sounds crazy. So, um, I don't know. It, it, you know, and then yeah, it, it, it can't cost more than ten bucks, twelve bucks, and then once you're paying that, it's like it should just have the DC tethered with it. They'll do. They'll do something. They'll do something like they'll come out with like uh, you know eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine a month. I think they'll try to make it less than Netflix. That'll be appealing. Um, you know, and they'll definitely say like, oh yeah, this is the new home of Friends. This is like you know, okay, yeah, you want do you want to watch Titans and Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and all this stuff? It's all here. And uh, HBO, you can get it added on, blah, 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 blah. But it's it's one of those things where, like, if if when they start coming out with their own original programming and, like, it's one of those things, Jake, like, they could they could pull another Netflix on us where they're like, okay, now we're going to raise the price to ten ninety nine, And then, like, now we're going to raise it to eleven ninety nine. you know? Yeah, that's not going to stop anytime soon with it's the not. way streaming's going. Uh-uh. Do you think that they're going to pull... Uh, I mean, we're already talking about they're probably going to pull Friends off Netflix. Yeah. Are they going to pull all the CW shows off Netflix, too? Um, and is Netflix going to suffer? See, like, all I the think they're already this? preparing for that eventuality. Just by, I mean, look at how much original programming just keeps piling on. Yeah, and piling that's on. true. And it's it, what's coming out is good. I mean, we got Sex Education, Russian Doll, Umbrella and Cow to be all back to back to back. Jake, I know. Are you, are you really have time for Arrow season two in there? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know you, Jake. I know you're talking about like uh, you know streaming services like uh, being able to like add on like raise the price jack up the price but we're also seeing like hulu like lower the price now yeah that's true uh, hulu's definitely been trying a different war and we've heard um one of the big selling points of the disney service has been that they're going to be very cheap cheaper than netflix yeah they've mentioned that a bunch exactly they've said that they are they're they're trying to be cheaper than netflix and this was back when netflix was still just the 9.99 this isn't even like the 11.99 price point right yeah, I think that's with Netflix kind of notorious now for jacking up the price once a year. I think a lot of the other streaming services are kind of getting in on that, like, you know, reputation that they have and really selling in like low entry points. Well, Epics is launching their own streaming service now, too. It's going to be called Epics Now. I believe it's called Epics Now. And they're going to add all MGM movies. I'm hearing that's the big rumor is that all of MGM, even like their old classics could possibly be a part of this service and that's going to be 5.99 a month yeah and that's a very good entry point so but it gets it gets to a point where if there's no original material coming in you kind of dip in and dip out right you're just like okay i'll subscribe for a month watch these few things i want to watch and then once you've gone a few months where you're not using that service anymore you just kind of dip out you know? yeah and then if like something new comes along but see that yeah and something new comes along then you'll subscribe to it again i felt the same way with stars like it was with stars for me it was like okay ash versus the evil dead is on right now american gods is on right now i'm subscribing when those leave like i'm done like there's there's nothing that i have to stick around for stars with other than those yeah. two shows oh uh counterpart counter counterpart got fucking canceled yeah, man. 
Yeah, that's that's one thing DC Universe has done a decent job of at the beginning. Now that the original programming has started, they've kind of they've linked it together well, right? There wasn't much yeah. of a gap between Titans and Doom Patrol, and they had a little bit of a um, Young Justice patch to kind of go in between there for mm-hmm. new content, you know. So yeah, you know, kudos to them. There's not a ton of original content, but they've done a good job of sparsing it out. I think it would have been a failure to like front load it all. I've had a blast just being able to watch like the all the DC animated movies on there whenever the fuck I want to. It was nice being able to just watch Reign of the Supermen on there. And I'll tell you one thing, Reign of the Supermen is a fucking Tupperware. It was great. Hey, uh, I, uh, Melissa, you just recently mentioned uh, Russian Doll. Did you finish that? No. Okay. How many episodes? I in? haven't. Did you, did you start I've it? I've only seen the first episode, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Paul was on here a couple weeks ago. Paul was, God damn it, I'm going to say this. Paul was a fantastic fucking guest. But number two, Paul. Paul's fucking great. Number two, Paul said, hey, you got to get through Brian. He's like, if you're going to watch Russian Doll, he said, Jake, if you're going to watch Russian Doll, you got to watch the first three episodes. He's like, there's a big, there's a big twist at this, uh, at the end of the third episode. And so when I was watching it, I watched the first episode and I didn't like it. And then I watched the second episode and I didn't like it. And then I watched the third episode and I was just like, oh, my God, I don't like this. And then we got to that twist at the end of that episode. And that's what did it. That's what sucked. That's awesome. It's fucking crazy. That fucking twist. Like at the end of that third episode, it'll keep you back. I finished the whole season and I absolutely loved it. It's a brilliant fucking show. And I hope yeah, I'm excited. You got to to watch it. Trust me. Once you get past that, once you get to that third episode at the very end of that episode, It'll blow your fucking mind. And it's a really quick scene. And that one really quick scene at the end of episode three is enough to keep you coming back for episode four and then continue to finish the series. And I loved it after that because I absolutely – I just wasn't liking the series until I finished episode three. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, they say the three-episode test. It's definitely you got to watch those first three episodes, man. You do. It's def- yeah, the three episode test. Like give it the three episodes. If you don't like it, then bounce out. But um, fucking weird city. Now I got to go back and watch that shit, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least watch the third episode just yeah. so you can get like the funny little gag that they repeat. Okay. Uh, okay. That's at least clever. All right. You know what? I haven't gone back and finished. I feel like such a dickhead too. I haven't watched. I watched like the first five episodes of Future Man, and I haven't gone back and watched any. Oh, that's good. Did you finish it? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go because I, I love Eliza Coop. I think she's great. I, I want to go back and finish it. It's just like there's so much new shit coming out every week that it's hard to go back and like, you know what I mean? So. News from Ver- number, number oh, one on my list now is Titans after Doom Patrol. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely watch Titans. I sounded like Rain Man saying it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely watch definitely, Titans. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Titans. definitely watch Titans. And then in uh, People's Court. Yeah, yeah. Definitely watch twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. Oh my gosh. Uh, news from Variety: Transformers Origin Story coming to Netflix as an animated series in twenty twenty. 
Uh, Netflix and Hasbro have partnered with Rooster Teeth to bring Transformers War for Cybertron, telling the origin story of the Transformers universe, to the global streaming service in an original series set to launch in 2020. The producers promise that the series will feature a new animation look and style that shows the alien robots as they've never been seen before. Rooster Teeth, a unit of Warner Media's Otter Media Group, will produce the series for Netflix, and Polygon Pictures will serve as the animation studio. Um, if you uh, Polygon Pictures, they've been doing the new uh, Godzilla animated movies for Netflix. I watched part of the first one, and I kind of like bounced out of that because I just was not getting into it. But the animation style for that in my opinion it's it's just a, it's a mix of like it looks like computer generated anime is what it looks yeah, like it's cool and the transformers won't be written by the same team it's just using the same animation style they haven't confirmed that it's using that same animation style but with the fact that this is the fact that this is polygon pictures makes me think that they will and they're they're saying that it's a new animation look and style they're not saying it's like a new animation looking style overall, but they're saying it's a new animation looking style for, for Transformers. Transformers. Exactly. Which, mm. so th- I think that's what they're going to do here. So I was surprised by the news that um, Rooster Teeth was going to be involved, but yet it was going to be a Netflix show, and they weren't just you know making this for their own streaming service. I think that it could probably. Don't you think that it might be available on Rooster Teeth at a at a later time then? Yeah, that maybe that's potential because I guess Netflix sometimes things kind of only live there for a little bit, and maybe after that fact, its permanent home will be on Rooster Teeth. Yeah. But yeah, I was just the joint partnership between the two. I was a little bit surprised by, but I mean, Rooster Teeth probably has nothing but gain from this. I mean, if you love this Transformers and you know they have other animated features, maybe you'll migrate over there. Exactly. Like I think this is a great commercial for Rooster Teeth. Like. Because it'll say Rooster Teeth at the beginning of this fucking show on Netflix. And, like, if you see that it's from Rooster Teeth, maybe you'll, like, be interested in, like, what else they have to offer and seek it out and realize, like, oh, okay, yeah, they're doing Genlock. They're doing Ruby. Like, you know, I'll check that out. And then maybe you'll check out Rooster Teeth, you know. So, but um, I don't know. There's a lot going on here with this. They've got some Transformers veterans involved in this. They've got F.J. DeSanto who did... Transformers Titans Return and Transformers Power of the Primes those were both Transformers uh, cartoons that were on the Go 98 uh, the Go 90 app from Machinima and I think Machinima fucking folded dude Go 90 doesn't even exist anymore it was a it was a it was a it was an app and I think Go 90 was kind of owned by Verizon and it was kind of Verizon had like um content on this go 90 app that you could watch it was like alternative content and like one of the shows one of the shows on there was like the the headmaster series from tight uh transformers and then uh titans return and then power of the primes and these are like you know just really quick easily digestible transformers cartoons they were like you know some of them were five minutes some of them were ten minutes and they were incredible. The animation was awesome. The stories were great. Me and Daniel Hepner fucking reviewed each and every episode of this. And we loved them. And uh, then Go90 just went away. And I think Machinima just kind of like folded and like dissolved into some of the people like left and with the rooster teeth. And I don't know. It's just it's kind of crazy. But they got people More that, like Mushugana by the yeah, end of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, they've got other people that are like Gavin uh, Hignite from Transformers Cyberverse is involved in this. Uh, Brandon Easton, who did Transformers Rescue Rescue Bots, is involved in this. So they've they've got some people like Transformers veterans involved in this project. Uh, this is about uh, John Deirdrin, Netflix's director of anime, said the series. Uh, in this Transformers origin story, we will explore the expanses, uh, expansive universe of Cybertron in a way that audiences have never seen before, to the delight of both existing fans and those coming to the franchise for the first time. Melissa, do you give a fuck about robots in disguise? Um, yes. A little bit. <laughs> um... I would, this is another thing, like, I would love for beloved franchises to be good all the time. I hate when people look forward to something, and then it ends up being something that they don't or can't love, and that's always disappointing to me. So, um, yeah, I care. And if it's good, like, that would be an entry point for me to get into something that I'm not already into, you know? Have you seen Bumblebee? No, I haven't. That's where that's I your, that's it in the theater, but I'm going to watch it. It's on the list. Bumblebee is your entry point, okay? Yes, I've definitely heard that, and I love Haley. Okay, there you go. Bumblebee is your entry point, and then once you've watched Bumblebee, then I'm going to recommend that you go back. You don't have to watch the old Transformers cartoons. You don't have to watch Generation One. You don't have to watch seasons one and season two. Of Transformers, okay? Those are they're kids' cartoons, and like the reason they mean a lot to me is because like I grew up on them. Just watch the Transformers animated movie from 1986. Okay. All right, I'm telling you right now. Hold on, I'm telling you right now. It's got it's the cast is amazing, Jake, and you know this. You know this. Oh yeah, you're preaching to the choir. You got fucking okay. Of course, you got Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. Like that's nobody else can play Optimus Prime in my opinion. People have, they've tried, but nobody does it like. Peter Cullen. But you've got Leonard Nimoy, our Spock. You got Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. You've got uh Robert Stack as Ultra Magnus. Uh you've got uh I'm trying to think of Judd uh Judd Nelson from the Breakfast Club, you know? Fucking uh what was his name? Uh John Bender. John Bender the badass from Breakfast Club. He plays uh Hot Rod. Uh Orson fucking Wells in his final performance, Jake plays Unicron. Orson fucking Wells on his deathbed fucking reading these lines for this gigantic planet robot. Robot planet guy. <laughs> he kills it too. He does. He does. Did you know that he was so sick when they did that they had to alter his voice for Unicron? They had to do a lot of like altering of his voice for that uh, for that. I believe it. I always thought a little bit of that was just to kind of make it sound like you know, a computer anyway, like all their voices had a little bit of something done to it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, some of them, I mean, you know, like you got a blur. I mean, what was that? What was that guy's name? Eric Idle. No, blur. Or no Eric Idle wasn't blur. Eric Idle was, was, a, was Retgar, but you had a uh, John, how was his name? The Micro Machines guy. guy. I always think of him as. His last name's like Machitty or something. I don't know what the fuck his name is. <laughs> I can't remember. But, like, he didn't alter his voice, I don't think. I mean, that guy just talked really fucking fast. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I'm just, I'm rambling. Um, got a, I got the, take this next door. This is a rumor, and I think it's 100% bullshit. HN Entertainment published it as an exclusive. And they say, the, here's the rumor. 
They get two live action alien series are in the works, and Ridley Scott is producing one at Hulu. Jake, yeah, there was a room, there mean, was a rumor last year that there was an alien series in the works. Nothing happened from that. And so now they're trying HN Entertainment is trying to say that okay, here we go. Disney's going to own Fox here shortly, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Fox owns 60% of Hulu, which Disney is going to own that shortly after this deal goes through, meaning Disney is going to own Hulu. And so they're just going to green light two shows that deal with aliens right before a huge merger. Mm. <laughs> mm, yeah. And Ridley Scott is so takes forever to get from the pre-production phase to the actual we're filming that it's hard to imagine they can get anything in the works fast enough before everything gets Disneyfied. We're not gonna. We're not gonna wait and see what Disney's plans are for the Aliens franchise. We're just going to greenlight two series. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy this. This is I mean, not maybe. happening. I'm so burnt out on Alien anyway from the last kind of thing we had from it that it's hard to get excited about this, even if it was true. And what? Ridley Scott's name means nothing now when it comes to being involved with the Alien franchise. They're saying that oh, you didn't like Covenant. Don't worry. That was a movie. Now we're going to do a TV series, Jake. We're going to take this seriously. We're going to do a TV series. Really, Scott's involved. It's going to be on Hulu. It's going to be great, man. Dude, this is 100% a rumor, and I think it's 100% bullshit. You do not make a decision like this right before a merger. You don't green Agreed. Li- two shows? You're going to green like two shows for Aliens right before a fucking merger? Like two different shows, not just like yeah. one two seasons like two yeah. aliens extended tv universe exactly exactly <laughs> yeah that seems insane exactly and like they're saying one's gonna be on hulu and the other one we don't fucking know where it's gonna go <laughs> you know we don't whoever will fucking pick up the scraps <laughs> maybe fucking epics will take it but you know and it'll it'll air right after their fucking uh you know alfred pennyworth you know bullshit God. <laughs> Where he's all super swole and kicking ass. I'm telling you, there's no way. This is not happening. This is HN Entertainment, their source, or this rumor, it's 100% bullshit, in my opinion. The, neither one, I'm saying, they're saying two, they're doubling down on this and saying two fucking aliens uh, series are going to come out. I'm telling you, none of them are. None, there's not going to be one aliens TV show. I would put my life on it, Jake. I would put my life on this, that there is not going to be – there will not be an announcement for an Aliens TV show. Yeah, at least not anytime soon for, no. on Hulu. We, I, no, exactly. We're going to have to wait to see what Disney wants to do with it. This is like not a decision that's going to be made now. If anything's going to happen with the Alien franchise, it'll be after the Disney merger. I think Ripley will be a Disney princess before this fucking one of these shows get made. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen Ripley will be a Disney princess at the end of the day before one of these fucking shows get made. <laughs> For sure. That, that's the way it has to be, just by legal rights. Right, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Let's move into Marvel news.
Marvel news. Did you guys see this news from Marvel.com? The Marvel's Offenders? No. Are you kidding me? You missed this? You didn't see I didn't this? I did miss this. Did you see any of this, uh, Melissa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I read, I read about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, this came directly from Marvel.com. Meet Marvel's The Offenders as Modoc, Hitmonkey, Tigra, Dazzler, and Howard the Duck get animated on Hulu. Oh, I did see this. I didn't recognize it by the name of Marvel Offenders. Offenders, okay. Yeah, so uh, we've got uh, these creators. We've got Kevin Smith, Patton Oswalt, Chelsea Handler. They're all going to be involved in the four upcoming Marvel television animated series coming to Hulu. And then that, that's going to lead into a animated event. So we've, you know, we of course we had the Marvel Netflix series, you know, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. They all led up to the Defenders. And here we have Modoc, Hitmonkey, Tiger, Dazzler, and Howard the Duck leading into their big event, the Offenders. Uh, so we've got Marvel's Modoc, and Modoc is going to be a Patton Oswalt vehicle here um so he's going to be playing the villain of modok and then hit monkey tells the tale of wronged japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an american assassin as he cuts a wide swath through the tokyo underworld in this starkly cinematic and brutally funny revenge saga marvel's hit monkey comes from writers josh gordon and will speck uh speck and jeff Loeb serving as executive producers then we're going to get uh Marvel's Tigra and Dazzler show. And this is going to be the Chelsea Handler show. Um, and then. Wait, what? Yeah, Chelsea Handler is going to be involved in this one. This is a Tigra and Dazzler fight for recognition among powered people who make up the 8 million stories in Los Angeles. Marvel's Tigra and Dazzler show comes from writers Erica Rivanoja, uh, Rivanoja and Chelsea Handler. Man, I don't know if I have seen her write anything scripted before that's interesting i'm just used to her being like a Mm -hmm. like an interview talk show host right i mean comedian talk show host correct i mean yeah and like a good extra in the movie this means war (laughs) trapped in a world he never made america's favorite fighting foul howard the duck returns to uh return uh hopes to return home with the help of his unstoppable gal pal beverly before the evil dr bong can turn him into the crispiest dish on the menu in marvel's howard the duck and this is going to come from writers kevin smith and dave willis uh dave willis is uh one of the uh he's he's the guy from uh uh he plays meatwad in uh, aqua teen hunger force so um yeah I don't know, Jake. I, are you looking forward to this? Or is there yeah, a- I love I, these. I mean, these are a lot of characters I, I really love. I, I love the idea of doing more animated stuff. I love that it's kind of comedy slanted. I'm a little bit weary of them trying to lump all these characters into one final event and what effect that may have on storytelling. Now, um, I, I kind of wish all, all these wacky things could just be their own little wacky thing. But let's see. I'd love to be proven wrong about the final result. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was thinking to myself, like, uh, are they each going to have, like, their own animated style? And mm. then are they going to try to bring them together in the Offenders and kind of like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, this, where they all have, like, their own look, but they're still in the same universe now? 
Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. You almost—it's almost hard to do on like a small screen level, but but yeah, we'll see. It almost, you almost feel like they have to have the anim- same animation studio do them all to make them properly kind of get joined together, or maybe an entirely new animation style for once they do join together. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested. I'm down for it. Um, Patton also. Yeah, I love these. I love Modok. I love Howard yeah. the Duck. I love even the villain Doctor Bong is a great character. Yeah, I still have Jake. I still have my issue of. I could take a picture of it. I should take a picture of it and throw it up on um, on our Facebook page. I still have my uh, Howard the Duck number one. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's a great collector's item. Mm-hmm. I got Howard the Duck number one. Um, and uh, Spider-Man shows up in that issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty much any any Marvel number one. That's the case. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. It feels like Marvel moved on so quickly from its breakup with Netflix. I wonder if Netflix's feelings are hurt. <laughs> well, I don't, Netflix yeah. is the one that called it off. Netflix is oh, the one okay. that broke up with Marvel. That's well, that's the story. That's the suck, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think they got a new bay now. Are they waiting for Jessica Jones season three to come out before they official and and come out for a few weeks before they officially cancel the Punisher and then Jessica Jones? Yeah, I think they saw the PR that they got from the way they handled the uh, other two series. That yeah. they're a little bit wiser on that. I think it's still definitely in the works, and they're both going to get the axe, but they're going to be a little bit more delicate with the way it's handled. Because you don't axe them like right out of the gate because you want people to watch these shows. Because I I feel like. If you like, like as soon as Punisher comes out, if you axe it, then like nobody's gonna watch it. Like, who the fuck wants to watch the show where they know like you're not gonna get a third season? This is not gonna go on, and like it's not being built as the final season. Yeah, people put a lot of weight in whether or not something you know quotation mark counts. Yeah, and it, once you give, once you kind of allude to the audience that something doesn't count anymore or something won't be resolved. Then it's just there's so much material out there. You'll just move on to the other thing that counts, that's important, you know, that's out there in the pop culture zeitgeist that people are actually going to give a shit about in a year. That's going to have more new episodes of. So yeah. What about this uh, news? What about this news that they're saying that it was uh, some like big, you know, head guy over at? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Craig Erwich from Hulu. He was talking to the ramp and he says, and he says that Marvel has, he said, quote, Marvel has a ton of titles we'd be interested in. Um, and basically kind of like saying, like talking about the, the three Netflix series that have been canceled, daredevil, iron fist and Luke cage. And talking about, yeah, we'd be definitely interested in reviving these series on our on our platform. Jake, I just think it's kind of all talk at this point. You know, I, I don't think like he can say that. And, and uh, I just think it's kind of all talk. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's possible. Anything's possible. But, yeah, I agree. There's no reason to get freaked up and stirred up about it i mean it does feel like the cast would jump at any opportunity to be able to continue their stories though so i mean maybe if they can get this wheel moving fast enough i just yeah, it could happen. Aren't, oh, go ahead aren't these people gonna get other jobs thank you thank you that's a thing like it's they're like, not just waiting around hoping who right. picks up their shows exactly no, i see feel that, like cox might be <laughs> no uh, here's the thing though here's the thing 
if if it, if it was just eat, like okay, but a lot of people are saying like, oh, don't worry about it. Like it's they're just going to go to Hulu or they're going to go to Disney Plus. And if that was the case, you wouldn't see Charlie Cox petitioning to have the show brought back. Um, and in the meantime, it's not like he's not going to look for any other work. It's it's one of those things where if they had planned if any of these other streaming services had planned to revive any of these shows um you know you wouldn't see charlie cox acting the way he is you wouldn't see like mike coulter like with some of the tweets that he's tweeted out you they would just kind of like you know just wait around for like them to be revived on one of these other streaming services i just don't uh, and what if the yeah like what like what Melissa's saying like what if Charlie Cox gets another gig on something else? Like there's you know he's he's now he's committed to another show. Yeah, I think fans are naive if they're if they're counting on any of these things or if they I mean it's it's going to be a huge coup if we get any of these stories continued. So don't bank on it. Yeah, it just feels like a long shot that the teams behind these shows are going to all be available to reunite. Yeah. You know, how long is it going to take to finalize this merger and actually get this stuff right. off the ground even? Yeah, it's not like it's not like uh, you know, Deborah Ann Wall and and uh all these other, you know, Deborah Ann Wall and John Bernthal and uh Kristen Ritter, they're all just going to sit around and hope well hopefully they'll bring us back. We're not going to work anywhere else. We're not going to pick up another show somewhere else. No, they're going to like you know, like what else does Netflix have to offer? Like they they've already been doing stuff for Netflix. We've seen a lot of people that have shows on we might see Charlie Cox get a completely different show on Netflix, right? Yeah, it seems like I don't know about on Netflix though. Gosh, he probably doesn't have the best warmest feelings for them. I don't, well, I yeah, mean, Netflix does have a habit of, uh, like pulling from the same pool. Like it seems like once you do something with Netflix, you can do a lot with them. Yeah, I agree with that. But usually, it's like you end one project and move on to the next. Not this thing just right. got canceled, and now you're going to do something else for them. Like I, I haven't, haven't really seen that occur. Yeah, yet. I haven't seen anybody like. Um, because, like, the show Sense8 got canceled right after they dropped their second season, and there was so much backlash that they brought it back for, like, a final movie. But yeah. I haven't seen anybody from that project back on Netflix since that show, you know, that movie wrapped. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. They might really burn these bridges when they do stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's all hypotheticals. I mean, I, hard saying. I don't know. Have you guys heard that? I've, 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 I've heard, uh, uh, actors aside, I've heard that Netflix is terrible to work for. Mm, what a shame, too, because they seem unavoidable. Uh, I've heard Netflix is terrible to work for. Like, like they're, And they're constantly letting people go at Netflix. I just hear it's really bad. But um, the, I got news here from THR, and they're uh, talking about the Loki series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, we got some details here. Uh, Marvel's Loki series lands Rick and Morty writer. So they've got um, the one that just got fired or that left. No, I think uh-uh. that this is another one. So uh-huh. I think this writer only worked on the upcoming season. So, like, I don't even think we've seen his Rick and Morty stuff yet. Yeah, this is Michael Waldron. They got um, 
He's worked with, uh, you know, uh, Dan Harmon before. He worked with Dan Harmon on Community and on uh, Harmon Quest. But uh, this is uh, Michael Waldron. He's going to write the pilot, and he's going to be the show creator, and he's also going to executive produce the entire series. Uh, They expect Tom Hiddleston to star in the series, of course. Uh, But uh, the character apparently met his demise in last year's Avengers Infinity War, even before the census-altering dematerialization of half the universe. But Marvel may have found a run around that little impediment. Sources say the show will follow Loki as the trickster and shapeshifter pops up throughout human history as an unlikely influencer on historical events. So basically, Loki meets Quantum Leap. Oh, that's fun. I like it. And I, that way you don't interfere if he, if the character is dead. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's the rumor here. I think it could be a lot of fun, especially coming from a guy that's worked on Rick and Morty where, you know... We'll see. I don't know. This sounds kind of crazy. What do you think, Melissa? Like, you want to see Loki? I, lo- I love this news. I like it. I hope this happens. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to have a lot of fun without affecting the overall Marvel universe, I think. Yeah. It's it's like, uh, it's like yeah, it's like Tom Hiddleston and it's like Doctor Who. It's like Quantum Leap but with Tom Hiddleston. This will be, yeah, I kind of want to see this now. <laughs> it sounds crazy. Yeah, I love this idea. It's fantastic. I, I wonder if it'll be like um, three to four episode burst in a certain area or like much like Quantum Leap, like every episode will be a whole new time period, you know? Oh, man, I want to see it be like Quantum Leap. And at the end of the uh, at the end of each episode, he's like, what does he say? Oh, boy. Did he say that? Yeah. Was that was yeah, that yeah. what he said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Melissa, have you ever watched Quantum Leap? No. <laughs> oh, man, you got to watch that shit. What was that on? I think Quantum Leap is perfect for a uh, reboot. It's such a timeless it's idea. not a reboot, man. You gotta. I want Scott Bakula to come back, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've talked about we've this. We've talked before. about this years one ago. Way, I, one way or the other, though, I, I really think that, that, that plot device would still work, if not even better today. I want Scott Bakula to come back and reprise the role as Sam. People love that shit, man. There's a reason that Forrest Gump was a giant hit. People love, like, seeing modern takes on, yeah. you know, being back in the past and messing with past events yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of past events, wait and Oh, my God. Umbrella Academy. Mm. Keep watching it, Melissa. <laughs> Keep watching it. Keep watching it because you're going you're gonna to love what happens to, like, one of the characters in this. It's crazy. This show, that show's fucking nuts. It's knocking futz. I'm going to have to go futz. home and watch this show, call in to work tomorrow, the whole nine yards. <laughs> I'm telling you. I couldn't stop watching it. I couldn't stop watching it because I, I knew, like, if I didn't finish it this weekend, that, like, it would be on to the next thing for next week's show. Like, I'd have to, like, watch the next big show for next week. And, like, this stuff would be, you know... It fall to the wayside, and I can't do that. I gotta, con- I gotta keep watching this stuff because, like, I gotta finish it because I love it. Because, like, here I am talking about. I, ha- I still haven't gone back to Future Man because I didn't finish it. So, this fucking fucking PCL is a curse in that way. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it is every fucking week. You got to talk about the news. So exactly. Just one more thing, and if you didn't finish the last thing, yeah. good luck finding time to finish it. God I'm getting it. closer and closer to making the blanket statement that I wish TV came out episodically yeah. instead of. And like I like to binge stuff, but I like to breathe. <laughs> I, it's I don't know. I I like to. It depends. I mean, like I I really enjoyed binging Umbrella Academy but it felt like yeah. a, it felt like a race against this week like you know what I mean I don't know like part of me like was so thankful that I could just watch one episode of Doom Patrol and not worry about knocking out 15 episodes this week yeah that's exactly yeah, sure. when I uh, like logged in to click on the Doom Patrol episode and saw that the others were available I think I probably audibly sighed mm-hmm. <laughs> like thick <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I only have to watch one episode of Miracle Workers. But then, uh, like, on the flip side, I was like, oh, my God, what if Weird City is, like, the best show ever? And now I've got to watch fucking six episodes of that shit, right? Right. But people don't understand all the work that I put into this show, Jake. It's crazy because I saw Alita Battle Angel twice this week just so I could, like, 100% like get that fucking movie. You know, I, I go to the movies. I was I, impressed when you were reciting some of those uh, convoluted plot points going on in that movie. I got to say. Well, yeah, I almost watched it a third. I almost watched it again today, Jake. I almost went back and watched it today in IMAX 3D, and I had to talk myself out of it and be like, "No, you're going to finish the rest of the show notes, and then you're going to finish Umbrella Academy, and you're going to watch you're going to watch the Weird City, and you're going to uh, and you're going to watch Doom Patrol today. You're not going to go and watch Alita Battle Angel one more time in the theater. Just chill the fuck out, dude. Like I. Seriously, man. Sometimes I, I do get worked up about all the TV there is to watch, and I uh-huh. like can't decide what to watch, and I don't know how to prioritize it, and I have to like sit myself down and have a chat, like, "Yo, chill. This is supposed to be fun." Well, see, the thing yeah, is, like, yeah, I if, do the same. If I do a review show for like a show that I watch, like, um, um, you know, like me and Rebecca do the Runaways show, you mm-hmm. know, like I'll I, I have to watch those episodes two times. Yeah. Because, oh yeah. Like uh, when I was doing uh, Westworld, like there are certain episodes of Westworld that I would have to watch two, three times. When I did Legion, it was all about watching those episodes at least two to three times for Legion. Like Legion is like just that's that show. You have to watch it three times. To yeah, you're of, like watching different things every fucking time you watch it. Yeah, the first time you watch it, like you you basically you you I don't think you take in half of what's going on in that show the first time you watch Legion. Like if you watch like for the first time you watch that episode, I don't even think you take it all in. I, I can't. I it, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. Then I have to watch it again, and then like take notes and like break down each scene. <laughs> like that's just how Legion is. So, oh man, yeah, this show, man. I'm telling you, I loved. I do. I I love doing this show, Jake. But man, it is a lot of work every week that I put in. People have no fucking idea. Yeah, so and I think sometimes when we get those big movie weeks, it's like, woof, just this one movie you yes. have to watch three times. Oh, what's great about the movie weeks is, like, I know it's a movie week. And so, like, I just, like, from, like, Monday through fucking, you know, like, Wednesday, I'm not doing anything. I'm not looking up any news. I don't give a shit. I don't fucking care. It's all about that Thursday night release. Yeah, so. I, I get into the same trap Melissa's talking about. I just get overwhelmed. And then I just put on a fucking comfort movie that I've seen 20 times. I know. I just, if you need me, I'll be watching Misfits on Hulu again. 
So yeah, I, I get it. It just gets a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Oh, that is for me. I have to. I feel like I since I'm like you know I have to watch this stuff. I have to. It is overwhelming. There's times where like I don't want to like. It's like fuck. I don't want to do notes right now. Like I don't want to. You know I don't want to do this right now. But you know I do it for you fuckers every week. You sons of bitches. <laughs> Aww. We're very grateful. I do. I put a lot. You know, I, I do. I put a lot of fucking work into this every week. Like if people looked at my notes, they're insane. Especially for like a movie review. Jesus Christ! I feel like I, I'm, I'm I'm such a completist. Like I can't leave anything out. Anyway, um, let's move on into DC news. Yeah, Batman vagina. The whole the whole works. Um, Mark Hughes from Forbes is claiming that the Joker solo movie starring Jared, Jared Leto and Joker. Uh, Jared Leto and uh, as the Joker and Harley Quinn, that Joker and Harley movie, that is not going to happen now. Oh, I read this. Yeah. No, okay. Wait, it's, I, I, it's the Joker solo movie, the Joker solo movie with Jared Leto and then the Joker and Harley movie. So those were two separate movies. Those movies are not going to happen now. Yeah, I read Leto is just completely out. As Joker, really? I've been reading. I didn't read that, but Mark Hughes from Forbes said that those two movies aren't happening. You're saying he's completely out, so like he's just moving on and going to see what what happens with this Morbius. So is yeah. he not in the Suicide Squad? He's not. He's not. Well, it has no way. If Gunn's going to direct it, he would be. Yeah, Jake. I want you to talk about that, but yeah, I, I do want you to talk about that. There's been no official announcement, but Jake, you know a lot about that, right? Yeah, um, Gunn and Leto kind of, um, I mean, I guess famously that isn't true, but they've definitely feuded on social media in the past. They do not like each other. Wow, okay. So I could I see it if Gunn was writing the movie and someone else was directing it, but if Gunn, if you're getting a Gunn-directed Suicide Squad 2 movie, there is 100% no chance that you will have Jared Leto in it. So DC picked James Gunn over Jared Leto. I don't know no. think that's the case. I don't think you have to have... Doing... You don't have to have Joker in a Suicide Squad movie to begin with. Okay. Yeah, and they were doing a side plot. Like he, he was getting a role that wasn't part of the Suicide Squad movie. They were doing like a side movie, basically. So they could have separated the two. But, yeah, from... I, I, there's just no way the two would work. Like, I, there's no need to go into the drama. It's basically yeah. Yeah. gun disagreeing with political choices that Leto had and vice versa. And it got, they've multiple times feuded on Twitter over things. Our listeners can Google it, right? They're big boys, right? Yeah, easily. You big boys and big girls, you can Google. Google. Instead, I, I, I swear, sometimes I, I am Google for some of our listeners. They'll ask me, <laughs> you can look this shit up on your own. <laughs> anyway. We have to leave some things out, people. Exactly. Um, but uh, Mark Hughes from Forbes goes on to talk about some other projects here from DC. And he says the Suicide Squad sequel is moving forward as sort of a soft reboot to some extent and is expected to have a new cast of characters and avoid direct tie ins to the first film's events. Harley Quinn is not expected to return 
and James Gunn's script will be a new approach, uh, new approach and rethinking of the property. The Mad Love type Joker and Harley Quinn film has also fallen by the wayside, as has a solar, uh, the solar, a solo Joker project from Jared Leto's version of the character from Suicide Squad. With Gunn on board as director, the film has plenty of room to bring a new flavor to the series and to the world of DC films as well. So yeah, just basically saying Harley Quinn's not coming back. It doesn't look like Harley Quinn is going to come back into the uh, Suicide Squad film. This is all good news in my opinion. I I think they were getting into a problem where they were potentially going to oversaturate this character. Um, Harley Quinn is a fine enough character, but you don't need her in seven movies, right? Like, I think condensing her down to just the Birds of Prey movie after the first Suicide Suicide Squad movie is good business, and that that's fine. And the Joker's the same way. We've got the the Aquaman Phoenix movie coming out. I, I think you dilute the product if you have just so much Joker shit going on. Yeah, I think like with uh, with with Ben Affleck coming out and saying like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm retiring the Batman," and you know, um, I'm not going to be Batman anymore. I think that uh, just retiring Leto's Joker is a, is a good decision as well at this point. Yeah, these are strong business moves, I think. So yeah. Leto's Joker wasn't, I, you know, other than a few random cosplayers, I don't think anyone's really like holding that on a pedestal. Oh, fuck no. Oh, hee hee, stop rubbing your head against the microphone. Hee <laughs> hee, massive Jared Leto Joker fan. <laughs> one of the few. Yeah, hee hee, you're damaged. Come on, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> He's going to knock over a beer. I, I know he is. Um, we'll, we'll stop talking trash about it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're a huge Leto fan. It's fucked up. He was like, he was watching My So-Called Life earlier today and listening to uh, 30 Seconds from Mars or whatever the fuck that band's called. <laughs> He's a big fan. Close enough. Close 80%, enough. 80% accurate. I don't know. What are you, what, what are you 30 seconds from... You're, you're, you're 30... Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it too much? I, I don't even fucking know. It's called 30 seconds from Mars, I believe. Anyway. Um, let's see here. Two uh, Mars. 30 seconds. I don't know. Remember Mars bars? Do you remember Mars bars, Jake? <laughs> yeah, they still exist, don't they? Uh, not here in the States, man. I think they're only over in Great Britain now. Now it's the Snickers with almonds over here. I did not know that. Yeah, I was, uh, you know what's fucked up, Jake? I was actually, I was, uh, I was watching a bunch of uh, old, uh, <laughs> should I get into this right now? Here we go. I was, I was, I actually posted this on our Facebook page, but Brian Cranston, I was posting a bunch of like, his like uh, commercials that he did in the 80s and 90s on our Facebook page. And one of the commercials that Brian Cranston did was a Mars bar commercial. And so I was thinking to myself, like, man, I haven't had a Mars bar in probably 15 fucking years. What the fuck happened to Mars bars? I remember. What was the guy? What was the guy from uh, from MASH? There was a guy. Was it Clinker from MASH that did the Mars bar commercials? The the, the now you're knocking into my beers, hee hee. What are you doing? <laughs> He's the real clinker. Yeah, you're clinking my beer cans, my <laughs> beer bottles. Hee hee. This episode's terrible, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the one of the one of the actors from Mash used to do Mars bars commercials. Jake, do you remember that? I do not. I I, I don't think I've ever seen a Mars bars commercial. Hmm. Well, anyway. One of the actors from uh, MASH was uh, did the uh, Mars Bars commercials, and then uh, Brian Cranston did 
did a Mars Bar commercial. And uh, I, I, as I was watching this commercial, I was like, man, I haven't had a fucking Mars Bar in years. What happened to Mars Bars? And I tried to, like, I, I typed in, like, you know, Mars Bars and blah, blah, blah. You can't buy them here, man. Every, like, I, I saw, like. Yeah, since 2002, I'm mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. I think it's all, like, uh, Snickers almonds bars. Like, the anything with, like, almond candy here as far as, like, uh, a candy bar is, like, a Snickers. The closest thing that you can get to a Mars Bar is a Snicker with almonds. But they still do make Mars Bars, but they're in, like, Great Britain and Ireland and shit. So you gotta you gotta buy them and have them shipped over from like overseas. Yeah, that's wild. Like Mars is like the name of the freaking company, and basically yeah. M and M's eclipse it. It's Mars and Mars, man. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to love Mars bars. I was, I yeah, could, it's. I'm not the biggest nugget guy. Like I hate a three musketeers, but Mars are pretty decent. No, I mean I'm not. I'm not gonna like rock a fucking three musketeers just for the nugget. <laughs> But dude, you give me a fucking you give you throw some peanuts in that son of a bitch. I'm there. I'm there. You, you have some peanuts to throw up to that nugget to show up to that nougat party. I'm there. Oh Let's man, I have this. a they have uh, jalapeno M and M's. They just came out with this week. Oh, that they're, sounds sounds awesome. They're so fucking good. Oh my yeah. god, get your hands on them because it's one of those where they have three different flavors and whichever one gets the most votes wins. And there's no way these are going to win because it's just too weird. But uh, if you like spicy and chocolate, I it's so good. I, do. I want that extremely yeah. badly. <laughs> have you ever had a, like a jalapeno? Like, uh, have you ever had jalapeno in like an alcohol shot before? Oh, jalapeno yeah, yeah. margaritas are like my favorite drink. Jalapeno margaritas are fucking amazing. They're yes. so good. It just—it's got a little bit of a kick. I don't know. It just—it works for some reason. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're good. Seek them out. <laughs> seek them out. I love it. Get them. We're talking. DC News has turned into seek out some jalapeno M and M's. Yeah, that's definitely the most interesting thing going on in the DC universe this week. <laughs> they said, "Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's some more news from Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes says Superman has been shelved for now." as a temporary measure to let Supergirl step into the limelight and carry the Kryptonian banner for a little while on the big screen. As the worlds of DC continue to evolve and solidify a path forward, Superman will, of course, inevitably appear again in movies someday. And I'd remind impatient fans that it has literally only been 14 months since Superman showed up in Justice League, his third outing in the current version of the DCEU, and his fourth feature film appearance overall in a 12-year period. Jake, I don't know, man. What do you think, dude? Is Henry Cavill going to stick around for this shit? Uh, I don't think there's any reason for him to. It almost feels like they're purposely trying to get him to step down. He's but on social media like this guy, he's taking pictures of like himself with like standing next to like a Superman uh, statue. He he really is trying to let the fans know that like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm willing to play this character. So it's balls in your court, Warner Brothers. Yeah, I mean, if he can have some other big if the Witcher thing is a big success, if he can get a couple big movies here, then he doesn't need this bullshit. Oh, I loved him in I loved him in Mission Impossible Fallout. I thought he was a fantastic villain. He, he was great. Yeah, I still have not watched those new Mission Impossibles. I got them all on digital now, but I haven't watched the new ones. You need to. I um I 
I okay. I know we're going to get the X-Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe eventually. I would like if we're going to have a repl- if we're going to have a Wolverine, man, and if they don't if fucking Warner Brothers doesn't want to do anything with Henry Cavill, I'm all for Henry Cavill being our new Logan, our Wolverine. I think he'd be a damn good if you're going to have to replace fucking Hugh Jackman, I think uh, anybody I think I think I don't know. People might think I'm crazy, but I think Henry Cavill's a good choice. I think he's got the physique for it. I don't know. I mean, it's that's interesting. I, I, he's he's almost too too much the physique, right? Like, can we get a little bit more of a runty Wolverine? Like, who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna get? I do not. This Daniel Radcliffe shit that I'm seeing online is fucking ridiculous. I like oh, I Daniel Radcliffe. Not as fucking Wolverine. <laughs> I like Daniel Radcliffe too, but I don't want to fucking have Daniel Radcliffe show up as my Wolverine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean that his stature is a bit more what I would like, though. Oh to be come with you. He's. I don't. I'm not saying I want uh, Daniel Radcliffe, but I don't understand why we're. It, like it is weird what Wolverine has become in the movies. I like, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. But if you're looking for like a guy that's five foot three, like Wolverine is in the comics, Jake, that's jacked. A five foot three guy that's jacked and can actually act. Where are you going to find that? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, he doesn't need to be jacked, right? We can like. He was in the comics, though. If you're talking about like, can we get somebody of that same stature? Like, that's also his build. I mean, if you're talking about a guy that's in the comic books, he's five foot three and he is built. He is not small. I'm not saying like Wolverine in the comics was like shredded like Hugh Jackman, like veiny, but he is a muscular guy. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, that's not the biggest defining part of his character, though. And if that's altered, it's not going to destroy the essence of Wolverine. I'm just saying audience. Just, just like making him a really tall guy didn't. Exactly. I'm just saying, like, audiences are used to that, though. They are. Audiences are used to seeing what we saw with Hugh Jackman, right? I mean, they're used to yeah, seeing I mean, a guy... audiences were used to Jack Nicholson, and then they got Heath Ledger. I mean, audiences are... Sometimes you have to, you know, go against expectations. Sure, but I, I, don't think, I don't think that anything that I'm saying, just by saying, like, going... Well, I'm not trying to just say Henry Cavill just to get Henry Cavill. I'm thinking, like, Henry Cavill would be a good Wolverine, in my opinion. I'm just... I'm not saying, like, okay, let's try to get the... Let's try to go with a poor man's Hugh Jackman here and get Henry Cavill. I think Henry Cavill's a pretty good actor, and I think he could pull off the role. I'm not just saying, like, oh, we gotta get Henry Cavill because he's also around the same build as Hugh Jackman. I hear you. I just... I'm... I don't see what much different he would bring to the table. I don't see, I, Jackman. I, I honestly don't like want to see Daniel Radcliffe anywhere near the role. It would definitely be a different take on the role. Though. Oh, 100% a different take, a different take that I do not want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do. At you all. Just don't know. At all. No, I, I am 100% against that. Seeing Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. There's For no now. way. Maybe, maybe it could be done though. You no, you you're totally dismissive of my Henry Cavill, but you're all about like, like you're all about trying to make up my mind and saying like I'm down for Daniel Radcliffe to play Wolverine. I'm That's telling not what you I'm no. To do it all. I'm, I'm telling you no. 
I am 100% against this. Expectations based off a previous actor that played the role can muck up what you what is going to happen in the next movie, and I think that's kind of what's happening a little bit. Uh, that, uh, again, your opinion. I mean, my and, and again, your opinion. I would rather. Yeah, that's fine. I would rather have Henry Cavill playing the role of Wolverine. Than Daniel Radcliffe, like you know what? I don't know. Sorry, my opinion is I don't want to see Wolverine on the screen for ten years. So I, that I know ain't gonna no happen. That ain't gonna happen. I mean, they're gonna. They're gonna <laughs> this is not gonna happen. I'd love to see X Men relaunched with Sans Wolverine. Uh, that, that ain't gonna happen. It's just not oh, gonna I know, happen. I know. I mean, I, I, and yeah, I get it. I, 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 that seems to be a popular opinion. Like shelve these characters for a while, and I get it. I get it. But on, on the flip side, like. I kind of want to see what you know Kevin Feige could do with the character. Like I, it's, to me, it's not even a Disney thing. It's it's a Wolverine thing. Like I felt that way when X Men One came out. Like, why does Wolverine have to be front and center of every freaking X Men thing? I yeah, I don't know. I because I, I love Wolverine. Like I think it, I think it all comes like me. Well, I was on Blurred R Us last night, and me and Dan are talking about our favorite like X Men character. Oh no, we were asked like. Who do we prefer? Uh, uh, we were asked uh, a question of like a Wolverine or a, or another character, and like me and Dan both chose Wolverine. I, I I grew up loving Wolverine, so like you know, I guess it all comes down to preference. Like I want to see more Wolverine. Like I have no problem seeing more Wolverine in these movies. I want to see what Kevin Feige. I want to see who he chooses and what he gets for Wolverine. I guess if he does choose Daniel Radcliffe, which I think is fucking crazy, number one. But if he does, I'll see what he does. But I'm not for it. I think it's crazy. I think it's I think it's out of the box, and I think it's nuts. So yeah, know. it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely interesting. <laughs> Melissa, are you scared to jump in when me and Jake are going head to head like this? It's it's kind of it's kind of it's got to be awkward for you, right? Um, it's not awkward. I don't have super strong feelings either way. I like I love Dan Radcliffe, but he is like an awkward dude who talks super fast and has like an awkward sense of humor. I don't know if that's Wolverine. And Henry Cavill is so pretty. I don't know if he is Wolverine. Like they would have to do something to his face to yeah. make. Him There's no like when I was a kid. More. <laughs> I've had when I was a kid, me and my friends had conversation about like you know oh who would play Wolverine in a movie and we would always say like oh they need to cast somebody that looks like Clint Eastwood as Wolverine and they got they did Hugh Jackman looked like a young Clint Eastwood and I was kind of blown away with the casting and how perfect it was when it when it happened and. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for, to find somebody to replace you, Jackman, but I don't know. So, like, maybe Jake's right and they just shouldn't do it. Maybe the person who needs to be the new Wolverine isn't even acting yet. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're going to find another Wolverine. They'll find somebody else to play the role. Like, there's no way that that Kevin Feige is not going to get his Wolverine. And I, I'm not I'm not in that camp where, like, we got to retire this character right now. I want to see what Kevin Feige does with this character. I want to see this character interact with, like, what they have here. I want to see – I've always wanted to see Wolverine, like, in the same universe as, like, this Iron Man, if, if, if he does live, you know. I want to see Wolverine in, in, in this universe with Spider-Man. I want to see – I want to see, like uh, – I do want to see fucking, like uh, – uh, Col- like Colossus show up and like 
you know, do a cannonball fucking special or whatever the fuck where he throws Wolverine and stuff. I want to see I want to see all this kind of stuff happen on screen. I, I don't want to shelve the character. I don't think we need to be sparing, treat these characters sparingly and give them a break, especially when they're going to be absorbed by a new studio that could do something completely new with the character. Just don't make that character Daniel Radcliffe for crying out loud. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I hear you. I just I, I like X Men and I like X Men stories, and I think sometimes the character of Wolverine gets in the way of good ones. Yeah, you can, like you know, well, of, of course, of course. That's why you got your Wolverine solo films and stuff. I know, I get it, I get it. Because like Wolverine, it, like the X Men didn't start off with Wolverine, and they did that in the movies that we got X Men First Class, and it was still a great movie, and it just had like a one quick scene of Wolverine. I get it, I get it, but. I couldn't even keep him out of that. I, know, I, I said they had one quick scene. Oh, he says, fuck off. That's it. And it was fun. And it was cool. And I liked it. I say, fuck off, Wolverine. Oh, I, I, uh, fuck you, Jake. I say, fuck <laughs> off, Jake. It's Wolverine. I love Wolverine. More Wolverine. I want more Wolverine. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I have no problem with it. It's ridiculous. You people. And just yeah, you know, retire the character for a while. I, I don't know. I. I I'm all for it. I want to. I want to see what Kevin Feige can do with the character. I think it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Um, I just don't. I of course I don't want to see the X Men just turn into a Wolverine, like it, like you know it's Wolverine's team or it's all about Wolverine. I, I want to see yeah. it be an X Men movie. Which is what movie. Singer did. So, well, yeah, you know, and the studio did because they knew that what they had with Hugh Jackman after that movie was successful. So, oh, for sure. I don't know. All right. I am. Uh, we're talking about Marvel and we're not even in Marvel news anymore. So, all right, let's let's wrap this shit up. Let's How do we even get to that? I don't know. I have no Henry clue. Cavill. Oh, yeah, Henry I was Cavill, talking about yeah. Henry Cavill being Out Wolverine. Superman and his Wolverine. I don't know. I, I don't think either. I don't think Daniel Radcliffe or Henry Cavill is going to end up being Wolverine. But I think like we're looking at one extreme to the other, and it's like, I, like can we meet somewhere in the middle? Jesus Christ! I do not want fucking Harry Potter being Wolverine. I don't see him. I don't see fucking Daniel Radcliffe going berserker and killing people. It's just that's crazy. Claws coming out of fucking Daniel Radcliffe's hands. Well, shit. he's gonna be in that Guns Akimbo movie where he's got guns for hands. So, like, maybe after you see that, you'll change your tune. I don't know. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I yeah. I am done, Jake. I, this is that's all the news I got, man. Oh shit! I was like gearing up for some more news. I ain't got anything else. That's it. I don't Fuck have it, any man. Star Wars it's news. It's time to eat, I guess. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us on this. Uh, You're so welcome. Thank you for having me back. It's a shit-tastic episode, and I apologize. I love it. Yeah, I, Melissa, it's always a pleasure. You're always a little bit of sprinkles on the shit. Thank you. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. I'll like, put that in my Twitter bio. I was a huge turd. <laughs> I was I was a huge turd this episode. And uh, Jake, you were a little turdtastic, but that Melissa, you came through. Yeah, I'm jealous that you're a huge turd. I was like one of those, like a bunch of little chunks. <laughs> Not good. Uh, yeah, Jake, you were. You, yeah, you were. You were chunky turds. <laughs> I agree. I was just. I was just one consistent log of shit. <laughs> I prefer consistency, though. I gotta say. Yeah. 
there's a I don't know there's a few pieces of corn in mine which <laughs> <laughs> I had some I had a couple peanuts left over from the M&M's oh man what oh god can you imagine that meal <laughs> peanuts and corn and can you imagine that monster coming out of your asshole <laughs> oh my god I don't need to imagine it <laughs> ah it's terrible that's terrible <laughs> I fucking snapchat it oh that's disgusting no, yeah, no. <laughs> Jake's like, is, is, Jake's like, can I make a Vine video out of this? Is Vine still around? Is that? Is that uh, I tout it. Vine is gone. It's gone. Vine is gone. Vine is gone. Yeah, I, I wish this episode was gone. <laughs> it's, yeah, unfortunately, Twitter's not going to buy us. It is so. This episode is so bad. <laughs> We had to make last week look good. I, I see what you did. Oh here. my god, last week looks so much better than this pile of shit. Yeah, it's like every week we we step down to make the week before look better. Exactly, exactly. So like, like seriously, like the bar for next week is so low. Oh man, by episode like three hundred, we're just gonna have our mouths open and be drooling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be episode three hundred. And we're the leftovers. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to be a part of this, Melissa. I apologize. I'm good. Just chilling. <laughs> He's just like, hey, could you wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. I imagine her like tapping her two fingers to her wrist. You she's know? like, you know. she's like, you guys have been talking about the Judge Judy meme. You guys have been talking about poop for so long. Why don't you flush this episode? All right. <laughs> All right that All is right. a good segue. Yeah. And Do our stupid closing speech thing. Yeah. Ju- yeah. <laughs> 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 and just like all good leftovers say, uh, and just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We will unfortunately see you next week. <laughs> Later, y'all. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't wanna be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, eaten 
knowing this shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.